Hello, listening people. Hello. You're listening to Spit and Polish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. I'm Ryan Slowinski. And I'm... Polish name, I, I remember that. Um, oh, Bartek. Bartłomiej, Bartek. And their middle name? Piotr. And the last name? Ryan, don't push your luck. <laughs> I thought I could trap you. Trap you into saying it in our 102nd episode. 102nd yeah. episode? Yeah. We've... Whoa, 102nd anniversary, guys. Of, of what? Of Spit and Polish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. Um, the what? podcast that we are doing right now. And what is that? What is that? It's I just said the podcast we're doing right now. Yeah, but what what do we do? Oh, well, okay, yeah. Like, so, you know, what's our what's our thing? What's our, our gimmick? What's our, our style? What's our format? Who are we? Okay, what's going on? So, we're both Polish, <laughs> um, and in order to get into that whole saying of like, oh, give something a spit in Polish, we also say that we always spit. Because Hence, we all we are always spitting, and we both have to be Polish. Yep, it's not actually true, but you know, we are um, always spitting because saliva exists to speak. We're all salivating, so we should call it salivating in Polish. You're right. Um, I miss but, I misnamed the show. Yeah, but that's just the two of us. We are spitting Polish presents unappreciated masterpieces. The show that we're doing right now, where we find the titular thing, unappreciated masterpieces, and talk about them feature length commentary oh unappreciated masterpieces are films that you may have forgotten or never knew because society is a shit society is a shit mm-hmm. why is it a shit because they're not giving the films that are unappreciated masterpieces the recognition that they deserve they are forcing them to be unappreciated uh, instead of just plain masterpieces so that's why society's a shit not is a shit is a shit. Uh, so it's not due to, I don't know, racial bigotry, sexism, financial instability, hunger, homelessness. We've done films about all of those things, Ryan, I'm sure. And you're right. Those films, and they were unappreciated. You know. Guess who was the second thing you said? Uh, I think I said sexism. Sexism. Um, boys. <laughs> <laughs> so... You're right. I'm. You're right. You're. You're hundred percent right. We we talk about these films, and you know, we want to we want to talk about them in a positive light because it's so easy to talk about films negatively. You know, those are those are the kind of things that it's just. Phantom Menace. Why is it so bad? Here's my nine part series. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is a piece of art in itself. But like you know, like it's so easy to be like, hey, this is shit. Here's why. It's harder to say this is art, and here's why. But that's what we. Do. That's what we do. We're <laughs> we're we're, we're risk takers, and we're not just, just like the filmmakers. We're not saying um actually is very good. We are saying um actually this is one of the greatest, greatest unappreciated masterpieces. Bartek, yes. What is the unappreciated masterpiece we're going to be covering in this episode of the show? For those who can't read the title of our episode, and for those who are, who are not, blind are not binging our. Our archive and have just come off the last episode where we said what it's it not is. like I said in the last episode and the one before that. This is the episode we're going to be. This is the film we're going to be covering. I didn't say that in the last two episodes. And the last episode didn't end with a cold ending of me saying, "Did you know there's a sequel?" No, so no Ryan, not this at all. is a sequel to last week's episode. Racing stripes. <laughs> Today, you got a sequel? listening people, we are doing Stodva Dalmatinchiki. Say that again, but with flavor. Stodva Dalmatinchiki. 
It was, Whoa. Like, it was very spicy. Whoa. Whoa. Too much paprika. Jeez. Chili powder. I said paprika. That's also hot. But that's not what I used. Oh. Now do it with paprika. Stop that Dalmatin chicky. Well, that sounds like more like cinnamon in your mouth. I don't know what the fuck that it's was. Cinnamon and paprika. That's a weird combination. You need, but look, you don't need just. You know what's a weirder things. combination? The 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 ice name. Ice cream and pizza. No. Oh, what? No, no. Ice cream, beer, and apples for. That's a reference to Cutting Class with Brad oh, Pitt. Your favorite no, episode, yeah. My favorite film. Um, no, I don't know what you're saying. I don't speak Polish. This is really disrespectful to me, anything? to everyone who doesn't speak Polish, which is the vast majority of the world, except for Poland. And even people there don't know. They're like, oh, I don't know. I give up. What are you saying? What's the film, Bartek? Look, is it a hundred? Right. Is it like? Is it? Is it a sequel to Racing Stripes? For all you plebs out there who don't speak <laughs> Polish, the film Stodwa Dalmatinciki is one hundred and two Dalmatians. Wow. I remember the first film, 101 Dalmatians. It feels just like yesterday we were talking about it. it oh, was... less than 18 hours ago, Ryan. Uh, it feels that way. Yeah. It feels that way, but that's not actually how it was. When we I, that's we, we why totally I was... aren't like that. Yeah. I was a bit awkward when I said last week's episode. Yeah, last week it was, yeah. Mm. It was emotional. And, you know. I'm totally not wearing the same clothes that I wore in the last recording. I didn't notice. Bartek, you know, it's been a week since, so you're allowed mm. to wear the same clothes. Jeez, it's not really weird. Bartek, we we have a very respectful guest for this episode. A guest who really loves being they on... They said hello to me, and I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, it was pretty neat. It was pretty neat. And I'm not going to hype them up too much after that, but I am going to say they love being on for films with James Franco and films that are sequel to dog movies that we have already covered. You said awe. It's awe. What? You can't have both. You have to be one or the other. No, they love they love both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, but you said and, so it makes it sound like it's the same at the same time. Oh, James Franco in sequel for dog movies. I yeah, can't that's, wait. That's what you were I can't wait for Sausage Party 2 in which it's going to be Was all... Was he in the first one? I think. He doesn't matter. He could be the second one. Alright. A lot of the... Fuck. Half the cast of whatever movies we covered before of the dog sequels like weren't in the first one. Mm. Will Smith. <laughs> Uh, we're, we're of course being joined by the lovely, 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 lovely me and Bartek, but also just Jules Gatto. Hi, again. <laughs> Hi, Jules. It's been a while. Just I've, a bit. I've constantly asked you to come on to the show for other films. It's not like I've on purposely chosen, like, you to do sequel to dog movies and just James Franco movies. I had other movies in mind for you, but you're like, nah, I'm too busy too busy being cool busy being code for that's not part of my repertoire that's not my deal <laughs> I'm sorry if it's just not James Franco or a sequel to a dog film I can't do it I don't give a fuck yeah um well guys here's the deal we've got Jules on we've got Bartek and we've got myself and we're going to be talking about this film, but you know you've, you've got to put in some legwork too not just listening I mean that's hard to do I mean God, it's hard just to listen. Yeah, you know, you... especially if you're deaf. How many God, of you? That's a big issue. <laughs> How many really of you are hard. looking at your phones right now? Yeah, looking at your phones, writing us a positive review. You know, how many of you are doing that? I can count if you really want me to. I, pull I will the accept it out. if you're writing a positive review or if you're looking at the timeline of this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm thinking, geez, four hours on 102 Dimensions, <laughs> and they only took an hour to get into actually starting watching it. Jeez, Louise. 
He's still talking about Jules. Jules, who is she? Why didn't she come on the other episodes? Why What's her saying name, Camille? Name? I don't know. Why did Bartek never say his last name? We'll never know. Name. In this episode, we'll never know. I did say it, but it was just in code. Oh, oh, in your breathing. <laughs> you yeah. said it in Morse code and breathing. All right, you guys, here's what you have to do. You have to get a legal copy of this film. And, and you're going to have to set it up on whatever watching device you have, you know, whether you're going to watch it in the cinema that you own or the TV station that you broadcast from. Or, or your Donald Trump's house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, you're going to get it lined up because I'm going to do a countdown from three. And when I say play, you're going to press play so that we are lined up. Uh, maybe watch your one without the audio. I've never mentioned that. I don't think I've mentioned that in a very long time if I haven't. Don't watch it with audio. I mean, you could, but then you'll be having to listen to us and listen to Glenn Close. Look, I I have faith in us, but I know Glenn Close would beat us in being someone that you'd listen to more. she's partnered with Eric Idle, so she has to work together with someone. Uh, she's partnered with Gerard Depardieu and you can barely understand a word he says, so it's okay. Um, Get your copy ready, because we're going to go and get this started in three... Two, one, play. Oh, here we go, guys. Here we go, here we go. 102 Dalmatians. Are you trying to rap, Ryan? Well, the film automatically tells you it's not like the first film. Because the first film was very quiet. It had nice, like, calm, it diddy music. It had the Disney, like, you know, the blue background, white castle. This one's, like, black background, orange castle. And this one's saying, hey, you remember Snow Dogs? This is like that in terms of music. It just starts out with just dog rapping. Yeah, it's yeah. called it's called Digga Digga Dog, Ryan. Digga Digga Dog. Yeah. But you know what's really annoying about this film? Dogs barely dig in this movie. In the first one, they dig more. But in this one, not enough. Digga well, Digga Ryan, Dog. Digga Digga Dog. Dog Dog. Digga Digga Dog. Well, the dog that Eric Idle plays like destroys a floor to get under. He does. Floor. He does do that. He does do that. Now, Jules. I'm going to ask you the big important question, which is, have you seen the first 101 Dalmatians with Glenn Close, and have you seen the animated classic? I've seen both, but it has been a really long time since. Ah, but you've seen this one recently. Yes. For the show. Of course. But also because you love it so much, yeah? Yes. It's really good. I think it really takes the cake, you know, in terms of showing you what you can do with with a, a sequel, but also just an individual story. You know, I think it's very brave. Um, Bartek, you obviously have seen the previous film. You haven't seen the... I mean, you have seen the animated one, but you don't remember it very I, well. I'm not sure if I've seen it. Okay, so let's just say uh, a tentative... You haven't seen it. Yes. But you've now seen both of these films and... A day apart, yeah. Uh, you know, and I was gonna... I'm gonna ask you, like, obviously, your history with this movie is kind of indicated that you haven't seen it before. My history with this movie is we did yesterday, we did the episode on 101, then I went home and watched 102. So you hadn't seen it before having to do this It's very show. fresh for me. Yeah, very, very, very fresh for you. And... Did you like it? Ryan, it's one of the best movies ever made. Is it as good or better than the first? Is the hard question. Ryan, it's it's as good as the first. It is as good. It is as good. It is. But personal taste, which one would you whack on? I think I would whack on, whack off 
this one. <laughs> is it because you have this um opening sequence here? I mean, Ryan, it is a very the birth of Oddball. It is a very good opening sequence, Ryan. At one point in the song "Digga Digga Dog." Um, they mentioned looks are deceiving, and that is a very big theme of this film. That and is I true. I thought it was genius that they just threw it in there right in the middle. Right, right in there. Did, did you notice that, Jules? They threw that yes. idea in there? Don't yeah. be believing digga digga dow looks are deceiving, digga digga dow. Digga digga. <laughs> it's, a really emotion- it's a really emotional song, you know, and then that's what this film is about. It's about emotions. It has its own page on the Disney wiki. Oh, well, of course it does, because it's 102 Dalmatians. A better name than the follow-up film that was made in 2003 that was a follow-up to the animated film, which was 101 Dalmatians 2, L- Patches London Adventure. It's a much better name, because they just went 102 Dalmatians. And if they made a third one, it would have been called 103 Dalmatians. Or, if you follow actually watching this film, the next film would have been called 101 Poodles or something, you know, because they kind of indicate a bit later that she has a desire to get poodles. So, you know, maybe maybe they would have ditched the whole Dalmatians thing if they got a third one. But guess what? This didn't get a third movie. And why is that? Look at her. She even got her own little designer prison uniform. She looks like a Chanel uniform, which is cute. Yeah. Would you wear that, Jules? You're a woman of fashion. Time and place. Time and place? Time and place, but not Time and place? Day. What, a wedding? <laughs> sure. Your wedding? <laughs> mime concert. A mime concert? <laughs> Where would you wear this outfit, Bartek? A mime concert. That's it? Yeah. Would you wear it to court with your diamond-encrusted handcuffs? Well, which she I'm does prisoner, have. I'd have to. Oh, yeah. I mean, do you? I mean, if I was in America, I'd be wearing, like, an orange jumpsuit, Do you jumpsuit, still right? wear your prison clothes when you're in court? Well, you have to, right? You're a do, prisoner. Do you? Are you not watching the film? Well, technically, you're a prisoner, I guess. You're right. You nailed me there. I, I'm the fool. I was going to say, she got a lot of rights, considering she got to wear makeup. She somehow managed to bedazzle. Oh, her oh, head. it's because her, her, she was in, she got into an asylum, not a prison, so that's okay. That's my favourite outfit, by the way, that she wears in the entire film. Her nun-type outfit that she's got on. It's definitely the one I remember the most. It is spectacular. Did you know Glenn Close has in her contract for every film that she gets to keep the costumes after? Really? Yeah, in every film that she's ever done, she gets to keep the costumes and boy wouldn't you if you were her and you did these movies. I would just love to see her wear these just at red carpets and just not say anything about like, people would be like, oh my god, is there going to be a new 101 Dalmatians with you? And she would just be like, no. I'm just Glenn Close and I can do whatever I want. And you're like, you're right. She's like, she's like the Bette Midler of 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 her of her era other than Bette Midler because Bette Midler <laughs> exists as well. It's like her and Bette Midler. I'd watch a cartoon show like the Jackie Chan Adventures of them going oh, on yeah. adventures, <laughs> where they're trying to revitalize their iconic Disney characters. Get all their Chinese stones. Yes, yes. No, no, no. They're trying to get all their costumes from their famous films. So for. For Glenn Close, it would be the 101 Dalmatian movies, and for Bette Midler, it would be Hocus Pocus. It was like they're trying to get them. Does she have, like, an old Asian uncle? Who? Glenn Close? Yeah, in the Jackie Chan Adventures (laughs) equivalent. Oh, well, yeah, of course, it'd be Jackie Chan. (laughs) Give uncle a hug. 
who would no? If you had to cast old Asian uncle, who would you cast? Uh, Pat Morita's dead, so I can't do him. How about someone that's been on the show before? Oh, Jack Chan. No. 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 You you you're not gonna believe it. I'm gonna cast Kato from Green Hornet. He's not really doing much these days. Probably not. Yeah. We should have had, unless he's singing. We could have had Jules on for that. That had James Franco in it. I thought you were gonna say Jules Guys, should be the on. Asian uncle. <laughs> Jules, do you want to be the old Asian uncle for for Glenn, Close? For, Glenn, for Glenn Close? I know it's a bit of a stretch for you because you're quite young and you're also a woman. I guess. Well, I we've, been on, we've been in I a production checked. with her where she played like a character named Greg. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's true. You know, you know, you know. It's not a challenge for you playing a man. Sure, why not? You know, you know. Uh, uh he's one of my favorite characters in the film. Other woman who works in the office. Yeah. She the, had a sass the, to the her. The nanny equivalent of this film, I Well, she. Do we see her display super strength? Well, we see her play a fighting game. <laughs> and we were talking about fighting games in the episode yesterday. So, uh, that's true. That's true. Now, I had seen this movie before. I think I had seen this one in the cinema. I wasn't too sure if it was this one or the first one, but I'm going to assume this one because I was older. I I would have been, like... Seven. Seven. Was 2000. 2000, yeah, yeah. So, I would have remembered this one more, probably. Oh, look, get it, like a dog. Like this, too. You know, have you ever been in, uh, like, a, you know, tug-of-war with your mouth before? You know, Ryan, when I saw this scene, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be, like, you know, a normal thing. And now that we're watching the episode, I'm like, I forgot about this. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we're introduced to one of our main characters. In the first yeah. film, we get introduced to Jeff Daniels sitting our, on a fucking bench Jeff... reading a paper. Yeah, this is our Jeff Daniels equivalent. Yeah, except for his English. Yeah. Except Jeff Daniels... But he's still in London. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But does he does he ride on a bicycle at any point? He rides in a police car. Very different to a bicycle. Yeah. Yeah. Now, but he gets to bring his animals along, so it's the same thing. The great thing about this type of sequel is it doesn't necessarily rely on you having seen the first one. Like it does on a level, like you know, to understand Cruella Deville's been in prison before, like but it doesn't. There's returning characters, I think. There's what Glenn Close. There's Glenn Close. There's um. Tim, what's his name? Tim McHenry, and there's uh, technically Dipstick. The dog, yeah. yeah. Who never, I never thought we heard Dipstick's name in the first film. No, we did. His thing was that he had a black tail. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're totally right about this. He was the one that I think Cruella was going to stab with the pitchfork. Oh, yeah, yeah, because she's Satan. Uh, I made a joke on our previous episode that Jeff Daniels does an amazing performance in this film. Just joking that the main characters from the previous film do not return. Yeah, I, I believed you. I was like, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. fair enough. I, I can't wait for Jeff Daniels' Oscar-winning performance in 102 Dalmatians, and then he doesn't turn up. I'm pretty sure that this Weasley little guy's in Game of Thrones. I'm pretty sure he seems like someone... As the same character? Actually, uh, now that you say that, I feel like you're right. I think he is... No, no, Bartek, you're actually kind of on the, on the nose there. If I'm right about this, in Game of Thrones, they have the wall where criminals and people get sent to be the Night's Watch, and he's. I think he's one of the dumbass guys that is one of Jon Snow's dumbass friends Okay. at the wall, and I think he's like a thief who gets sent to do basically the equivalent of... of you know, probation work, mm. but for life. 
So yes, if this character like was redemption if arc. force labor, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if this character was in the Game of Thrones universe, it's basically the same character, and I think it is. I like know, how you're saying this. if this character, and I was looking at the parrot. Yeah, if models were... Well, in Game of Thrones, there are birds that can get taken over by one cripple kid, so, um... I'm not saying that Bran from Game of Thrones is controlling Eric Idle's voice to voice a parrot, but I'm not seeing any evidence otherwise. It sounds to me like Game of Thrones is a really silly show. Maybe it's just an unappreciated masterpiece. He's one of my favourite characters, by the way. The solicitor... What's the term? Uh, Landlord. No, he's a landlord. I don't know. He's evicting them from their property. From the property, I don't know what he is. He's an evictor, then. Yeah, <laughs> his big brother. You're evicted. No, no, no. His his real name is E Victor. Now I don't know if we know this gentleman. The, the, the parrot. No, the on screen. the evicted man. The evicted man. I was like, saw him, and I went, I, I know that voice, and for. A Split second, I thought it was Baldrick from Blackadder. No, Tony Robinson. Because he looked like it with a big mustache and the bowly head. But then I looked him up and I was like, oh, oh. Because I, when I know actors, I usually know them from their voices. And this guy has a very specific type of British Cockney-esque type of voice. And I was like, who is this guy? And he's in Hot Fuzz mm-hmm. as George Merchant, the guy whose house gets exploded. In the film, because his house ruins the rustic aesthetic of the town. And I remembered him because of that. Because in that film, he plays a drunk, and his voice is loud and over the top. And in this film, he plays, like, a posh guy, but he's not posh at all. And I was just like, who is this guy? And then it made me really appreciate the fact that this film really allows... British character actors to turn up. Which was a weakness of the first film, because in the first film, you had... You know, Percy from Blackadder in, like, two scenes. And in this yeah, film, they get act. his character, and he's, like, a mainstay character. Like, he's Cruella DeVille's right-hand man. Yeah, he's the He villain. has an arc. Yeah, he's the villain that has an arc. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's great. But he, like, gets the second chance, I guess you could say. Everyone gets a second chance in this film, but do they redeem themselves, Jules? Do people redeem themselves for their horrendous acts? Well, like, in general or in this film? In this film. Because this film is all about second chances. Hence his dog... What is it? Is it like a dog house that he owns? The hero of our like story? Like a dog shelter kind A dog of shelter? Yeah. Is it just for dogs? Yes, well, just they, for they dogs. They have a term for it. It's like, oh, your $8 million will go to the something something. Dog like rescue. Dog kennel. Dog kennel, yeah. But he's, he's called Second Chance, and he believes that Cruella Deville has changed. She's got her second chance. But then the film reveals, no, you're fucking wrong. She's actually evil still because she is. But do you think that this film still allows the idea of second chance and redemption for people? Don't. She, she still goes after them, doesn't she? So you said it yourself. Like you're fucking but, but, wrong. But what about what about what about Alonzo, her right hand man? At the end, he saves the puppies, and then he personally hands our heroes eight million pounds, which is to us like six sixteen million dollars. And just to be clear, guys, when he says pounds, he's not talking about punches. It's uh, actual money. I, I, no, no. You know what I thought you were going to say? You said, like, punches. I thought you were going to say, not like you oh, had said 18 pounds of dogs. <laughs> Here you pounds. go, guys. Uh, no, just 
Ambiguous pounds. No, no, no. Ambiguous not pounds. Not the money or the, or, the, or the weight, the Pokemon move, pound. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the sexual act. He gives them 18 poundings <laughs> right in the ass. And he's a good guy. He's a real good guy. This I've... is why they call me darling. In this film, like, I've seen him and other things other than Black, the TV show Blackadder, and I've seen him and he's never really been, like, Percy in anything else. Like, he's always played, like, a lot of dramatic roles, or he does comedy roles, but they're different to Percy, but this is the one where it's like, alright, cracks his knuckles, I'm just gonna be Percy again. He really reminded me of Percy in this. stuttering Percy, yeah. Just stuttering Percy. Like, if Blackadder just kept interrupting him, and he's like, it's like, shut up. And I really appreciate the fact that some actors can just sit back and go, I'm going to use the moves that I know that work. You know, (laughs) like, it's like when you see Michael Caine in a Christopher Nolan movie, and he's just the guy who says the profound message of the film, you know, like... The Tangerine. You know, the size of a tangerine, or this is what the prestige is, you know, and, and like, or this is what Interstellar is, and you're just like, yeah, thanks, Michael, and you really appreciate that, I really appreciate in this film that they did that with character actors as well, you know, it's really emotional. Just the whole, if it ain't broke, why fix it sort of thing. If it ain't broke, just keep using it until it does. <laughs> if it is broke, hypnotise it. <laughs> <laughs> Now, that's something I'm going to ask you both, having had seen the the, the first film and, um, you know, going into this one, you know, um, what did you think of the whole idea of Cruella de Vil being reformed for a good portion of the film? Like, a, you know, a good portion. Like the whole the, first act. The whole much. first act. What did you think of that? Because Cruella de Vil is renowned for being a, pretty much a psychopath. Going into this, what do you think? I did like the idea that she basically became a new character. And even in the inevitable scene where she transitions back to Cruella Deville from Ella, um, I did get this sense that it wasn't so much a rediscovery of her true self, but almost like an entirely new character was being killed to yeah. bring back the old one. Because it wasn't like a, I'm remembering things, I'm remembering things kind of thing. It's more like, oh no, I'm going away and being replaced by evil. She physically transforms, or does she? Is that in her mind, or is that physically happening? Because she grows claws, her shoulder pads become sharp... What about, her hair goes crazy. Her hair goes crazy. What about Unless you? she wakes up one night and just in in madness goes, I must sharpen my shoulder pad. Yeah. What about you, Jules? What did you think of the idea of them taking the approach of Corella de, Deville is reformed? Someone who is renowned for being pretty much pure psychopath. It was good. It was a nice change. Otherwise, it's, you know, it's watching the first film again kind of thing like mm. well, it is it's true just gonna snap back then it was a good message it yeah. was and i really liked the fact that in this it's like the idea is she's reformed because of hypnosis basically it's not like she actually got therapy and reformed yeah. and realized her ways to be a therapeutic process but in this film it was used to force a change and force a new personality upon her new a new character ella yeah and then that character, like you said, dies on a level and she becomes evil. But the thing I really liked is the little touch of, in another film, it could be so easy, so easy for them to 
have her not remember what it was like being Ella. Like, like she wasn't actively herself. Like, she could have been like, oh, I don't, you know, like, and then just go back to being Cruella and being like how she was in the first film, which was insanely over the top with no restraint, no, no, um, actual deviousness to her, no duplicity. It's but, kind of like... Uh, go on. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Ryan. That's um, okay. But I was going to say, it was kind of like the film Monkey Bone. Yeah. Where, where Monkey Bone takes over Brendan Fraser and... Who hasn't taken over Brendan Fraser? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and, you know, That's he, actually he, really he, bad to say because he's just had an, a really in-depth article about being sexually assaulted. Yeah. I'm really bad. Sorry, Brendan. You know I love you. Go on. Um, yeah, Monkey Bone takes over his body and he knows, like, everything about him so he can manipulate people, um, you know, because he is, for all intents and purposes, Brendan Fraser now. Yeah, he's a figment of his brain. So, in here, we have Cruella looking at, oh, Ella's built a really good reputation for me, I need to take advantage of it rather than just go back to my old ways, especially since I know what the stakes are. And I know who my villains are for her story, because in the first one, she didn't realise that Jeff Daniels and and the dogs were going to actually be a challenge against her. In this film, yeah. she's like, I have a probation officer, I have this dog guy, I have the actual dogs. I have a guy who I could stick a motive on. Yeah, who she insists on telling it's not you by the way like like she's like i i believe that uh, alonzo is that person but she actually goes it's not you alonzo and he's just goes oh okay but then who is it (laughs) but um i think it's actually quite ingenious of an idea of like she goes out of her way to actually have plans this time like in the first film she's like get me those dogs you lorry and that's it and then in this one, she's like, no, 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 no. I'll frame people and I'll invite people to dinners and lock them in my underground facility where it's a door shaped like a, like a, an Iron Maiden. And, and I'll, 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 you know, I'll run this off like this dog shelter and I'm going to trick people into thinking that I'm saving the dogs and I'm going to work with the male equivalent of myself who's French, and I'm going to make it a hooded outfit now. It's like all these, like, building upon the nuance of the villain, because we've seen other movies where they bring the villain back, and it's just the same old story again, and it feels like they haven't learned anything. It's like, dude, that didn't work the first time. Why are you doing it again? Dude, let go of the Death Star. It didn't work the other three times. Stop fucking doing it but in this it's kind of like no 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 she goes out of way and it only really is like that because they constructed ella first as a narrative device like like ella her good self had set up the building blocks for an even better series of plans for corella to do because Mm. if it wasn't that you know corella probably would have just gone straight to her insane deviousness but it's like creating a like a, a nuclear bunker where, like, you'll be perfectly safe in there from all the dangers of the outside world, but then there's an evil person in there. It's like, you've built a safe haven, but something's corrupted it from within. You know what this is like? I don't know if you guys have watched or read A Clockwork Orange, mm. but in A Clockwork Orange, you know, the idea is, yeah, they're going to reform the criminal 
through kind of like conditioning and uh, hypnosis and all that. And then in the film, at least it ends with, he hasn't actually like, he's, he still breaks through that and he's actually still a fucking psychopath. And the film ends with like his imagination of him doing violent rape and um, all of that. And it's kind of like, but the government had to apologize to him for ruining his life and allowed him to be back on the streets. It's kind of like if the end of that film continued on and he built upon doing evil things but under the guise that he was reformed that's what she's doing it's kind of like weird that a children's film has similarities to a clockwork orange Ryan, that's all i gotta say would you watch the documentary what makes big ben tick which supposedly just, part three <laughs> which, which supposedly just has him dong 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 over and over again it has three parts that's the best part. This is part three of how many, though? Like, 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 how long does this doco go for? I would watch it. But I think these guys are watching it because they're not English either. I think they're, like, trying to understand the English culture. Like, because these guys are, what, both German? I can't remember their accents. Or Russian or something or other? I think the original, the actual Dr. Pavlov was Russian. I don't know about these, this Pavlov and his guy. Twist, they're actually Polish. Imagine that. And <laughs> <laughs> we're fucking idiots. Well, it'd be Pavlovsky with a W instead of a V. Oh my god. Don't you love the mise scene in this scene? Because look at her outfit. Yes. <laughs> S P O T S. Well spotted. <laughs> oh, oh, Jules! Jules is fucking killing me here. What is this? A game of Mega Man? Like, <laughs> roll the wily busters. I got pooned. Pooned, Ryan. Pooned. Pooned. It's better. But Ryan, that's like, and then just repeat the conversation from the last week. Yeah, from uh, last episode, yeah. It's like, well, it's like Jamaican. I think that's a Russell Peters bit. No, it's a... Uh, what, what did you say? Dude, where's my car? It's a dude, where's my car? I don't remember I think that. I'm I've wrong seen about it times. <laughs> um, Jules, did you... Other than Cruella DeVille, did you have a favourite character? Human or animal? Yeah, you can choose animal if you want. Can I? <laughs> well, Waddlesworth is an animal. Cruella is Deville it? is an animal. She get it? She acts cruel like an animal, but she's trying to kill animals because she hates them. But really, she hates herself, and that's the message. Maybe she just doesn't like having a name attached to Ella. Like who names their child Cruella? Cruella. Well, she does even state it sounds cruel. <laughs> we did ask. We did have the idea that her oh middle. Oh my gosh! The film <laughs> shook. Right, she does scream. She screams so loud, the literal film shakes. Um, I was going to, like, we said in the last episode that wouldn't it be great if her middle name was something nice, like virtue Virtual or mercy. patience or mercy, mercy or or not bad guy? <laughs> like, Here so, we go, what if her middle name was Peter? <laughs> yeah, we, uh, yeah, yeah, Peter, like the organization, that's really good, that's really good, that's really good, I love that, I love that. Or, yeah, but Jules, you didn't answer. Who's your favourite character other than, um... Cruella. Can't just pick her because it's so easy. Aww. Come on, give me all the characters that you loved. No, what? Why not Oddball? Why not this guy? <laughs> the photocopy repairman who listens to music. Oh, you mean Oddball's dad? <laughs> Imagine if that was it. So he's like, Dad's making himself with black spots. Maybe I'll do so too. One of my favorite little trivia points is someone in the production crew got to adopt this Oddball that rolls across. 
Yeah, this specific one, they did mention that one of them was adopted by the trailers. Now, one. Jules, I did the maths on this. Now, this film was filmed in 1999 and released in 2000. That's to say the least. Now, the maths adding up that the there's, adult, like there's adult puppies, there's adult dogs and, and puppies. Now, it's been 19 years since the filming, so I'm going to be lenient and say... 99% of the dogs are dead. <laughs> there might be 1% chance that there's a dog that's like 20 years old. But I'm very much thinking that all the animals that you're watching right now... No longer exist. Dead. <laughs> they are dead. They are so, so dead. I love the fact that her window, which is just a normal window, has soundproofing. Are any of the actors from either of these two films dead? Oh... That's a bold question. I'm imagining the older actors are. Joan Plowright, Nanny, yeah. from the first film's dead. Okay, yeah. Wait, I'm dead wrong. She's still alive. I wait, yeah, she, well, I think she's still... dead. She's still... Joan Plowright, she's still alive, but she stopped acting in 2008. Mm-hmm. I think she's alive. Fuck, I should have looked this up. She's the one that you said was married to Laurence Olivier, right? I think so. I can't remember. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, here's a... Here's... Ba- a Bartok, I didn't get to ask you. Favourite character in this film that isn't Cruella Deville? Um... I... I think I liked Alonzo quite a bit, actually, right? I liked Alonzo, too. I, mean, I know he's one of the returning characters, but in the first film... He, he wasn't to, really a character. He didn't get he to do much outside of the first act. Like, he had less screen time than Ella, really. Yeah. Film. Oh, much less. He had the exact same amount of screen time as the um the the landlord, a Victy guy. Yeah, yeah. And you know he's a Victor. Yeah, Victor. Let's just call him Vicky. Edward Victor. He has a name that's like Mister Buttons or something. That's very British. <laughs> it's so <laughs> British. It's, this is here's my favorite thing. This film is so British, but they got Glenn Close, who is not British. To be Cruella. One of the goofs in the first film was... She says, have fries. In England, they call them chips. And I just thought of fucking Ringo Starr on The Simpsons. (laughs) (laughs) We call them chips. This is a a great scene here. I saw a deleted scene of this film. Really? Was it this? Was it... What was it? It was um, her being taken... You remember in Blues Brothers how when... when, um, John Belushi was being taken to the guy who's giving back his objects and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, It was yeah. her being led from her cell to oh, that Oh, wow. They had, like, a ton of things? Yeah, and, like, the thir- and the, like the last thing he gave her was, like, a fur coat, and that was where she freaked out, and that was the establishing of, like, oh, ah. she freaks out about fur. Now, here's got to ask. Was it in continuity to the first film? Were they covered in shit? <laughs> no, it was clean, I think. Uh, I don't think it was the clothes she wore in the climax. Uh, now, that sequence there was... Very iconic. I remember all the trailers showing that, like, being like, Cruella, she's back. And it's like, she's seeing spots everywhere, and she's, like, losing her fucking mind. And then you have, like, this kind of stuff where she looks like like Satan. You know, like, she looks like a, a demon. A cruel devil. A cruel devil, yeah. And, and that sequence there is something I really commend the film on, because it goes out of its way to add this kind of surreal psychosis to to the narrative, because for me, I was saying this to Bartek just before we started recording, is, for me, that sequence there indicates that she's clearly a schizophrenic of some sort, because that's like, for me, my interpretation is that's how she kind of sees the world now, in spots, Dalmatians, because 
they all react like they can't, like, Percy here, Alonzo, he keeps reacting like when she's talking, like, he can't see this. Like, he doesn't know this. This isn't actually literally happening. Like, like, that's why I wonder, does she really grow these claws? Does she really grow, like, is that, or is this a psychosis in her mind? Like, he could easily brush off and say, it's a Disney film for kids. It's just a bit of silly goofball fun, but... No, come on, think about it. Is Cruella Deville actually just, um, you know, suffering from mental illness? Ryan, I want to say, not to you, but shame on you to everyone who to this day are still talking about, was Harrison Ford a replicant? And all those other film theories, because the real film theory is this. Is is Cruella Deville suffering from schizophrenia, and should we get her help? It's kind of like a she's kind of like a Batman villain, you know, like you know how every Batman villain is just some tragic, yeah. some poor person who's suffering from some kind of mental illness, and Batman punches them. What was the one we were talking about in the last episode? <laughs> the, bookworm. the bookworm. <laughs> uh, you know, like I think it's pretty brave to have uh, your villain be someone who has schizophrenia. I, I don't know. Like, it seems like you could say that's very un-PC, but I don't know. I think uh, it's I, pretty brave. You, you could probably expect that from, like, a GTA game, I'm sure, where everyone's say, kind of messed up. With the claws and everything, maybe that's just how she perceives herself now, and that's not actually what she's wearing, mm. but because, you know, if she's seeing the world with spots, why wouldn't she see herself with claws? Mm. That's true. She is a, a, a devil. Hey, does this guy have a cock? Or a pussy. Oh, Bart's like he is neither. It was a clever joke. <laughs> <laughs> like you have to commend yourself. Like just to let you know, it was a clever joke. You know what I like? Look, she's a dragon lady. Her now. outfit, her Asian inflection of an outfit. Like, look at this. She looks like she's just come from like a Chinese New Year festival. <laughs> I know what's going on with her in this scene. I like his little underling. I wish he was in the film more. Like, I wish him and, um, Alonzo, this guy, I wish him and Alonzo were in scenes together and they could be like, ugh, I know exactly what it's like, <laughs> you know? So not so much that they could be the new Hugh Laurie and Arthur Weasley? They could, because to me, Hugh Laurie and Arthur Weasley, the first film, kind of felt shoehorned in, because you already had Alonzo exist. Like, you could have just had him do the kidnapping of the dogs and slapstick, and that's what they do with him in this movie. I also never noticed when he got injuries. Like, I think it's in this scene coming up. Like, no, no, not this scene. In one of the scenes later, he has his hand bandaged. And I'm like, when did he need that? Yeah, he, like, progresses through the film getting more, like, bandages and things like that. And injuries. Like, he gets his hands run over at one point. Jeez. You don't remember that? Like, he's at the train station and he gets his hands run over. He's chasing uh, oddball... And then Oddball gets away, oh, and then yeah, when he, yeah. he gets and and run all over. like eight wheels of this little thing, this little car, the trolley, run over his hands, and you just like he's dead. Clearly, I love in the one hundred and one Dalmatians universe, the villains clearly die, but they are alive. Like you know, Corella gets baked in an oven, and she comes out as a cake. Oh yeah, that's right. Remember that? That in, was great. In in this scene, um, I thought. I, I didn't immediately recognize Alonzo. I'm like, why is there a priest here? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Because it's know, like in Blackout of Season 1. 
Huh? It's like in Blackadder season one when they become priests or they do. Yeah, yeah. Become vicars becomes... or whatever. He becomes Archbishop of Canterbury. Yeah, or yeah. I was almost. I was gonna say Pope, but I'm like, that's not right. That's all right. Because yeah. they were Church of England or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You thought, why is there a random? Why does Corella yeah. have a priest? Well, no, no. Because he opened the door and said, like, "Get out!" And I just saw, oh, there was a bald guy with like the white thing in the middle of the collar, and I was like, oh, was that a priest? That the uh, what is that called? I used to, I know what that's called. I don't have a clue. I know what it's called. The white thing in the middle of the collar. I know, I know, I know that's what, what it's, it's called. No, it's it's the collar. But no, I'm forgetting. I know that nuns' outfits are called habits. She was wearing a habit. Well, you have a habit of remembering that kind of stuff about nuns. The habit, yeah, the habit's the, yeah, the the thing that they wear on their heads. <laughs> so my favorite gag in the film Train Spotting, if you've seen it, um, their drug dealer they call him Mother Superior because of the length of his habit, which is <laughs> a cute joke. It's a cute little joke there. This film could have used some Train Spotting references if it already had the Apocalypse Orange. It did. And I there's spotted spots it. On the, there's the spots dogs. literally all over London, according Not to. Not this dog. He's an odd one. What the 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 bird? <laughs> I mean him too. Yeah. He doesn't have spots. Oh wait, no. Sorry, Oddball has a pink color, so it's a girl. Yeah, they say Oddball's a girl. Yeah, I know. Several I'm times. Just, you. I'm, I'm just sexist. Misgendering. Yeah. Trans. Okay, it's it's, it's fine. It's 2000. No one cared yet. No one, no, no one cared about gender <laughs> equality or any of that. Um, Jules. Just like Blue from Blue's Clues is actually a girl. Yeah. I remember that. I never watched Blue's Clues, but... I love Blue's Clues. I watched Bear in the House. What was that one? Bear in the Big Blue House. Yeah, yeah, Bear in the Big Blue House. I watched that. That was like that one... Like, for me, my kids' shows weren't those kidsy, kidsy ones, except for, like, Play School when I was four. And then Bear in the Big Blue House. But then my other kids' shows were like Rocco's Mon Life and Cat Dog and all those kind of weirder cartoons. The one weird cartoon that I really missed out on that I wish I saw more was Courage the Cowardly Dog. Oh, that, that was, was that was messed up. I used to watch that <laughs> yeah, as a kid and go, same. I must know more, but why am I watching? <laughs> I think it was just on on another station when I was watching the other shows and I just missed Courage and I was just like, I knew I would like it, but I just never got a chance to watch it. You know, it's the one show as a kid that I never liked, but other, ev- people will defend with their lives is Hey Arnold. I just yeah. never got into Hey Arnold. I felt like it was too dry for me. Like, it wasn't funny, funny enough for me. Like, it was too, like, dry humour for me. And I go back now and I watch it and I'm just like, nah, I'm still the same. I find Arnold boring. And he's, uh... But he's got, like, a skirt. Or a <laughs> kilt or something. It's, um, you know what it is, though, don't you? Oh, is this that thing from the Avengers that I didn't know what it was? A sporran? It's not a sporran. No, no, no! You know what it is? It's it's his nineties fashion. It's a flannel shirt oh, wrapped really around shirt. his his uh, waist. Okay. Yeah, that's nineties fashion. He's in the grunge fashion. <laughs> He's just casually wearing a skirt, and no one just has the heart to tell. Well, I, I always thought it was a kilt, not a not yeah, because he's yeah. Scottish. Yeah. Hey, Art, here's his football head. I'm Arnold. Now I asked Bartek this last episode, but Jules, I'm going to ask you. Uh, do you have a dog, and now you're a fan of dogs? I do have a dog. But you're not a fan of dogs. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> He's a spoodle. A spoodle! So a cocker spaniel cross poodle. That's the worst. I hope Cruella doesn't come after him after that. She doesn't like mixed breeds. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I do like dogs. I also have a cat as well, so I can't be that person. Jules, you can't include yourself. No, I do. I have a cat and a dog. You can't include yourself because you are a cat. Your last name's cat in Italian. I am a dog and a gatto. Uh, But I'm born in year of the dog. I can't be both, can I? Well, cat isn't one of the Chinese zodiacs. It isn't? No. No. There you go, Jules. In the law of the cat, the cat never made it to the party. Really? No. Because it was too lazy, being I, obnoxious. I don't know if this is the law, but I think the mouse lied to it about the party. Oh, the, the rat. Yeah, the rat, sorry. The rat I was going to say, there's no year of the mouse. I think the, the rat the made it first to the party because it rode on like the bull or something. And then so what, the bull didn't get first? Hmm? I didn't know this mythology. No, because it jumped off on the last minute. Like, oh. literally rode the whole way there and just went, see ya, bye. I think the cock was pretty late, Ryan. Oh. So that's us, you know. Yeah, the rooster fucked up again. So, uh, I am going to ask. I've already said my favourite outfit. Did you guys have a favourite outfit that Cruella wore in this film? I think she needed to wear no outfits, Ryan. Whoa. Bartek? Jeez. I'm going to tell Glenn Close that you said that and she's going to be very offended. And then I'll bow to her. The question is, does she think that she's spotty underneath? Who, Glenn? (laughs) The actress? Uh, yeah. The actress or the character of Cruella de Vil? Cruella de Vil. Uh, does she think she has spots on herself? Yeah. I think so. We didn't get to see her look in a mirror. That would actually be interesting. You know, Ryan, if your theory is correct, that will kind of um, bring a new light to the line she said earlier where she's like, I see spots. Yeah. yeah. I see spots. Oh no, he sees them fighting and he's like, please don't do that, Gerard Depardieu. That's his real name, I can't get over it. Do you guys know Gerard Depardieu? I know his name and I'm pretty sure I was like, oh, I know the name, I've seen him in things. But then when I looked at his filmography, I'm like, oh, I haven't really seen anything. Uh, Yeah, either have I. (laughs) Well, Gerard Depardieu is a very famous French actor. He does have a slight connection with our show. He was in the film, I'm pretty sure he was in Dangerous Liaisons, mm. which we have covered the covered version of, which was Cruel Intentions. So a loose connection, but a very fun connection at the same time. Gerard Depardieu is one of those actors that you just know his name because it is just Gerard Depardieu. I know it specifically because Weird Al Yankovic references it in Genius in France because he says he's more loved in France than Gerard Depardieu and like that's an achievement, I guess. But guess what? Gerard's not loved anymore in France because he's now... When I read up on him, he had to leave France to live in Belgium because he's tax evasion. So, um, that's fun. Was he good at evading taxes? <laughs> to the point he had to leave the country, yes. That's pretty good, then. And he's quoted as saying... France has nothing for me now. Because I guess he used up all their taxes, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's Maybe he'll return after like a, a decade or two when France has more to offer. Yeah, when he has more to get from it. Yeah, yeah. France has nothing to offer me. They have good healthcare. Nothing to offer Gerard Depardieu. Yeah, he is bad. He's had, he's suffered bad health problems in his life. Apparently, in 2000, when this film was premiered, he had to get a, an elliptical heart surgery because apparently he used to put, smoke three to six packets of cigarettes a day. And oh. they didn't help his heart? 
They make this hot. They made this hot worse. Yeah. Was that what cigarettes do? What? Yeah. They make you worse. Cigarettes have no beneficial abilities outside but, of Metal Gear Solid. But wait, Ryan. But Ryan, hold on. Then why do people smoke them? Because they get, they're an addictive substance. I'm trying to turn this into like a PSA. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it, kids. I used to have a throat. Well, Ryan, it seems Wait, to me I am not around the bottle. But Ryan, it seems little sugar sticks. It seems to <laughs> yeah. me that cigarettes are no good, and no one should ever smoke them. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> what was that? That was your little PSA music. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Well, it's like how, you know, the really old PSAs, they're a bit more intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is your brain on drugs. Wait, I was thinking more can... like in, um, in, in, I think those are that 70s show skit where Red at the end of one of the parodies was like, this is what is happening all over Oh, America. the reefer madness. Yeah. Yeah, 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 the reefer. Well, you could have just taken the other angle. But then I almost. Cigarettes are bad. Do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's spooky. Yeah, I was I was messing up because I was almost doing the James Bond theme. So yeah, I, I, I wondered why is it getting sexy? <laughs> <laughs> Goldfinger. <laughs> I was gonna say I found it very brilliant that you were talking about PSAs and all this, but Jules is just pepping up with. There's a cigarette thing candy, you know, that stuff. And I'm just like, Jules, I'm loving what you're saying, but Bartek's talking. Yeah, I was like, oh, I, I was like, Jules, yay, but you're ruining my joke. I need to force it. No, down. no, Jules, you're making everything better. Please stay. Now, Jules. Jules, you're going to replace me on this show if you're that good. This film has the, the brilliance to include um, sequences from one of the most iconic moments of any Disney film, the Lady and the Tramp spaghetti scene. And have it played out in live action with our two main characters. Wait, until they actually make a live action of that film, because I bet it will happen. Oh, I can't wait for Jim Belushi to be the voice of the tramp. I can't wait for it. Voice, Ryan? Because he's going to be like Jungle Book. He's going to be the tramp. Yeah, it's going to be like Jungle Book. You know what I mean? Like when they did live action Jungle Book and they did the CGI animals. He's actually going to be a dog. Oh, he kind of looks like one. But Jules, I was going to ask you... Wait a second. Uh, what? <laughs> Earlier when I was talking about Blues Brothers, did I say Jim Belushi? You, you did. I, I didn't want to say anything. I meant John. John's dead now. Yeah. He did too much drugs. Mm. Um, Jules, bring yourself closer and do tell us about your favourite animated Disney film. And why? I, I need to think now. It's hard. Why is it... It's like... I because we're not dorks like you, Ryan. No, but it's usually one of those things that it's like, you know, like, what's your favourite Disney film? Like, it's one of those classic questions that is an answerable question. You know yeah, for normies. I, I don't think you can go wrong with the Lion King. Lion King? You know, you need Jeremy Irons as Scar. I can't wait for them to do the new Lion King where they still got James L. Jones, but for some fucking reason they think, let's not get Nathan Lane as Timon again. Like, like, what are you, fucking crazy? Like, Seth Rogen as Pumba? Like, what are you, fucking yeah, nuts? Sorry. Like, like, and the worst crime of them all. That's the worst crime. Like, yeah, yeah, you don't need Jeremy Irons as Scar. You can get whoever you want. But the fact that, like, you know, Timon and Pumba are going to be revoiced by random people when you still got at least Nathan Lane. You're fucking nuts. You're crazy. Get out of here. Like, if you're going to still have James Earl Jones as Mufasa, like, come on. 
And okay, I like the idea that they're getting um John Oliver to be Zazu. Zazu, but again, Rowan Atkinson's still alive and he needs the money. Get him again. And also the idea that you're gonna get Matthew Broderick again and Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Um, Jules, why Lion King? Everyone loves Lion King, but why Lion King? I don't know, I have a connection to it. I guess it was made the um it came out the year I was born, so Oh really? Yeah. I have very vivid memories of going to see Lion King 2 in the cinema. I was very young. I had the Lion King 2 toys from Happy Meal mm. toys, uh, and yeah. I used to squeeze them, when I, and I loved them in preschool and whatever. Then I saw the second one, and I could not tell you what happens in that movie, because I blocked it out of my mind. People defend the second Lion King, and people will like the third Lion King. My girlfriend likes the third Lion King. You know the one where it's Timon and Pumbaa telling you about their story that was happening during Lion King? It's like, here's what we were doing, and it's all about them. And I'm like, please no. Please stop. <laughs> so, Lion King. Favorite... Do you have a favorite Disney song? Doesn't have to be from Lion King. It could be Digga Digga Dow. <laughs> Digga dog, sorry. <laughs> or it could be the redoing of Cruella Deville's song, which is prominently in this film for one scene. Yeah. Where they repurpose the lyrics. I I'm gonna say I like her recent one, and it would be "You're Welcome" from Moana. I knew oh, uh, Moana's Rocky. good. Uh Rocky Balboa or The Rock. Dwayne the Rocky Johnson. <laughs> If I had to choose one from Moana, I'd have to choose, um... Shiny. Uh, shiny. <laughs> I like the first song from Moana. What one's that one? The like coconut the, song? singing about the island or something. Yeah. Is that the one where they're, like, talking about coconuts and shit? Probably. Uh, if I had to choose a more recent one, it would still have to be, um, I've Got Friends on the Other Side from The Princess Frog. Oh, uh, yeah. The villain song by Keith, with Keith David, because anytime you get Keith David in a movie, you know it's going to be brilliant. Now, um... Oh, wait. Yeah. If I could go back, it would be any song from the Tarzan soundtrack. Really? You can't go past Phil Collins. I can! <laughs> wow. Hey, I've seen Phil Collins on South Park, so, you know. <laughs> Look, he's got a hand injury. When did he get this? When did uh, he get these injuries? Like, when did he get the head one? Could it have been when he was a priest? Could it be from Shaking Crawl to Phil's head? <laughs> <laughs> and she cut his hand and he was too polite to say anything and he's like eh. you know what this film I like at the end Alonzo redeems himself and he um, you know he undoes the bad guys on a level and one of the things I really like is their undoing is because they don't show enough respect to him it's only it's also because he has moral he has morals but a part of it is this sequence here gives you an example of He's actually surprisingly good at being sneaky for mm. someone who's a dumb, bumbling villain. Like, you know, in, in the first film, if it was Hugh Laurie, he would have got caught. Yeah. But in this film, they kind of go out of their way to show you that he's actually really good at doing these horrible things. Like, like he's he steals puppies out of the police van in front of the police, <laughs> and no one notices it. And I constantly kept writing in my notes... Damn, he is good at his job, and no one acknowledges how good he is at doing these things. Unless it's one of those things where it's like, you know what, because you're so bumbling and whatever, it's like, 
You're kind of not there. It's one of those things. It's because he got a stutter. Where people people just mentally erase him, so it's like he could do anything, and it's just like, oh. With those sideburns, how could you erase him? I could see there being like an underground league of villains who like have a network of people that they hire, and like some of them have good reputations, and they could be like, oh, what about Alonzo? It's like, oh, he doesn't seem to have a good reputation. It's like because no one notices what he does. That's the best kind of villain. The ones who are hidden. The ones who aren't well-known. The ones who are in plain sight, but you don't know. Yeah. How come you didn't get diamond-encrusted handcuffs? I thought that's just police that's issue. That's not fair. I love the fact that her mug shot was like a like a full-on model shot with her smoking. That was great. That was great. Like, everything about Cruella DeVille in this film is perfectly done. Like, everything that she does, all of her outfits, all of her hairstyles, all of her lines of dialogue, choices, all of them, I just went, yeah! Yeah, that's great! That's that's exactly what Cruella DeVille would do. She's wonderful. Would you like to see her in Zoolander 3? I would, as Cruella. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's, here's a fun piece of, uh, of of trivia. Last episode, I mentioned that, you know, we don't get to see Glenn Close much these days because she's basically not Meryl Streep. Here's two pieces of fun trivia, actually. She's best friends with Meryl Streep and often gets confused for her, apparently. And also, she was in Guardians of the Galaxy. I forgot about that. She's like the president of... Nova Corps and is like the woman who's looking after one of the Infinity Stones. So that's kind of cool. I forgot about that. That's like one of her more recent big films. I was like, oh yeah, she's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Looking after an Infinity Stone. So I can't wait for her to fight Thanos in the next film. (laughs) She'll He'll come up and be like, get out of the way, Glenn Close. And she's like, do you know who I am? Maybe she'll just throw a puppy at him. (laughs) She'll be like, do you know who the fuck I am? Meryl Streep. <laughs> How dare you? She's a good friend of and then, mine. And then she, and then just she like... sends Christopher Walken after him. I wish Christopher Walken was in the uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He would be great. The husband Christopher Walken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First man, uh, Christopher Walken. Hey, it's me. Get out of the way, Thanos. I'm a robot. <laughs> because, yeah, Stepford Wives. Yeah, yeah. We've had her on for that. Uh, here's another... She was a good guest in that episode. She was. Jules, you mentioned Tarzan a moment ago. Yes. Here's something amazing about Glenn Close. Now, now you may not have heard of this, but this was a big... Big ordeal. Oh, I think I read this in the comments. This is a huge thing that happened. There was a Tarzan movie back in the day. It was going to be a big deal. And it was the um, debut performance of Andy McDowell, who's uh, an actress that's in many things. She's in Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. She's the love interest. And she's she's from the South in America, and she has a very thick accent. She was Jane in the the Tarzan movie, and... um, it was quite a big controversy because Glenn Close dubbed all of her lines because no one could understand her <laughs> thick southern accent. And it raised many questions of, is this right? Should they have done this? Is this fair to Andy McDowell? But also, the biggest thing that people were saying was, why didn't they just simply get Glenn Close to be Jane? She was young enough, she was attractive enough, and she was very well known. 
Why didn't they just get her? And it's one of those things that's still discussed today. Like, why didn't they just get Glenn Close? You could argue that with a lot of things, though. That's very popular with any kind of Asian movie that they want to redub for Australia. Oh, I thought you were going to say, why don't we just cast Glenn Close in every role? Like, we just ask ourselves that every day. Why don't we cast Glenn Close as, you know, me in my biography? (laughs) Why don't we cast Glenn Close as Jules in my biography film, you know? What an outfit. You know? She's really fashion-orientated more in this movie, I feel. The movie where we see less of her business. Mm. She has guards in clothes that match her style. She's trying to put up a good uh, facade. Yeah, I mean, look, she doesn't look evil in this scene at all. What are you talking about? She has a Queen of Hearts vibe going on. Glenn Close would be great as a Queen of Hearts. Well, she rocks the jewel-toned hair, so sure. She would be great as everything. We just we just went over this. Glenn Close is fantastic. Our previous guest didn't know who Glenn Close was or any of her films. What are you, Jules? I've, other than 101, which you'd seen before, do you know Glenn Close? Well, now that you've made it aware to me that she's in Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm like, how did I miss that? How did you miss it? She's the president of Novacore. She's the one that's like, get them. Stop them. Please help us. Peter Quill, <laughs> you're our only saviour. Right. Are you an angel? <laughs> I would have loved her in the Star Wars prequels. As little Annie? No, Queen Amidala. All <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, yeah, and she died from a broken heart. <laughs> but Anakin survives, you know, lava, magma. Yeah, getting but... his arm cut off. You know, getting fucking thrown across rooms. Everything. He survives everything except for, uh, you know, getting force lightnings in Return of the Jedi. He can't survive that. But, oh no, you can't, you can't just put aside the broken heart. Nah. You know why? Because women are weak. Hey, we have to push out you guys. Yeah, but, you know, but then, if your heart breaks, you're done. (laughs) (laughs) See, men in the Star Wars universe can live without hearts. Women, ugh. Break their heart, they're dead. Dead on the spot. Uh, I would also argue that maybe if you snapped a porg's neck in front of a woman, she'd probably die too. Instantly. In- Do they have necks? Porgs? Well, maybe just snap them in half, because I reckon it all just <laughs> What's runs. What's a porg? Then the new Star Wars movies, there's those creepy little creatures that look like a mixture of like a pug and an owl and a penguin. And a puffin. Were they in Force Awakens? No, they were in The Last Jedi. Okay, well, I don't know that. If you saw a picture of them, you'd be like, oh, those things. Those creepy, gross things. The only reason Porgs are in there is because they filmed on on this island that... Native to puffins. And that, had, yeah, yeah, they had puffins, and it was easier to CGI over puffins with another creature than to digitally edit them out or just remove them from the frames when they filmed, because film, filming's hard. Have you made a film? No. Yeah, exactly. I've I've watched films and I can tell you it's hard work. I mean, look at this shot here. That was amazing. Did you see it? It communicated so much because, again, in the animated film, the dogs talk. In this film... Ridiculous. In these films, the dogs don't talk. The only animal that talks is the parrot. And parrots talk. And parrots. And parrots have personalities and talk and they're humans. Trapped in bird bodies. They're perfectly literate. They're Eric Idle. <laughs> All parrots are Eric, Eric Idle. 
because he really needs the money. Yeah, like you know, he needs the Dudley Do Right, but he you know, he also needed this under his belt. Was this like around the same time? This was like a year after Dudley Do Right, I'm pretty sure. I think so. So he's really hitting home runs. Good job, Eric Idle. You and Monty Python, one of the greatest comedic forces in the universe, and now you're in Dudley Do Right and 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 102 Dalmatians. You just keep hitting those home fucking runs, Eric. <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of Monty Python, but otherwise, yes. Yeah, they suck in comparison to his new works. This, Eric, you. I can't wait for you to be in the Cruella Deville prequel film with Emma Stone as Waddlesworth's dad. Waddlesworth Senior, uh, you know I can't wait for him to come up and think that. In, you know it's really ironic in that film, he's a bird that thinks he's a cat. That would be great. And he's lying to his son, saying you're a dog, and he's like, "Why am I a dog?" Because I said you are, and he's like, "Okay, Dad." <laughs> Sounds like an abusive father. <laughs> of course it is, because it's about villains. How they affect it. Oh, he got a good mouthful of that toilet water. Did you see that? Like a good mouthful. Like he fell face first. He spits out like a glass worth of toilet water. Have you guys tasted toilet water? No, and I don't intend to. Are you sure? I am sure. Are you sure? Have you have you have you checked? Maybe you need to test some toilet water and be like, mm, yeah, I definitely haven't tasted this before. No, Jules just... Jules, Googled. little did you know, I filled up your bottle of water with my toilet water, and you've been Jules drinking just it Google, all time. have I drunk toilet water? <laughs> what about you, Bartek? Have you tasted toilet water before? No. Nah. Really? Yeah. Never? Never. Never ever? Not at all. Not in your life? I Googled it. You Googled it? Yeah. Well, Bartek, I'm going to spoil it for you. That that glass of water, that I that cup of water I gave you before yeah, we started... Yeah, it's not a glass, fool. It was actually pool water. I didn't well, give I you toilet water. water. Oh, everyone's had pool water. You can't not when you drown. Yeah. But you know what that Actually, means. Actually, now that you say that, I would argue that pool water could it's be worse. toilet water. It's worse. It's got... It's got chlorine. Chlorine and wee. It's South Park covered this in an episode where it's like peeing in the pool. It's nothing but urine. Yeah, well, water park. Water park. It's the what only episode that makes me It's band-aid tea. Band-aid tea? Just a whole heap of, like, water infested with band-aids. I love the fact that Jules said that, like, you know, band-aid tea. Like, that classic I- idea of what pools are. Band-aid tea. Now, Bartek, I don't know if you have any of the quizzes for this movie, but you were looking for some. I found one quiz and it wasn't anything too special. Oh. No, no repeats of Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch? You no, know. not... The genesis is over. Huh. Oh. I mean, I sent you that one that I thought was alright, but... It was basically, what do the animals say? Here's a variant of what they have There's said. There's a part where, um... Waddlesworth translates what a dog is saying and, you know, they've got that weird dialect where it's like, they replace R's with W's and it was, it was, um... Oh, is that what that's supposed to mean? Oh, oh, okay. I just thought that Waddlesworth couldn't properly hear them. Oh, I just, well, he, I just interpreted that that's him, that, that dogs aren't perfectly literate when translated. Oh, Okay. I mean, because Waddlesworth. Oh my god, speaks, the Queen! Because <laughs> Waddlesworth speaks just fine, but I assume he's just like you know, 
What's the word when you transcribing what they're saying? Ah, okay, yeah. So yeah. the quiz was like a transcription of one of the things he said, and the and the answer, the possible answers were like what they were actually saying. But it's a very easy question considering that one of the answers rhymes perfectly with what he was transcribing. That's true. I love the fact that the guy didn't get it straight away though in the movie. Like he was like, oh, okay, so they're doing this. All right, fair enough. Oh, what a shot. Oh, I'm scared. Oh, oh, it just keeps getting... Oh, nice dress. Oh, <laughs> hey, oh, a dog. This film is worse, scarier than any of the paranormal films. Paranormal activities. Or any paranormal movie. If this film was in the same universe as Scooby-Doo, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, if this mansion is the one next to old man... Old man, um... Wickles or whatever he was. Peter... Boyle's character in Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed, if, like, their mansions were next door to each other, and Cruella's just like, hey, keep it down with your haunted armor, and he's like, I'm sorry, Cruella, and they just high-five each other as they walk by. And Seth Green beats his wife. She's trapped there with the drawing of yeah. what they plan to do. Why would she not just burn that? Because I'm assuming that they haven't made other copies of uh, the set drawing. Cruella can remember things pretty well. But they were arguing on Remember Dipstick. like Hood should have been. That's true. Here's something. He just dropped his ticket for the Orient Express. Mm-hmm. How did he get on the Orient Express later? Well, through the door. Yeah, but, like, a ticket. Like, how did he... You, know, you have to show your ticket. Well, he's, a, like, a pro wrestler. He'll just, like, you know... He's not a wrestler. He acts Maybe like one. Maybe he murdered Does somebody. He... <laughs> He'd probably suplex the ticket guy. And just how many wrestlers act like Gerard Depardieu in this film? I don't know. He reminds me of, um... What's his face from Ed Wood? What? Tor Johnson? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> It like, just seems like a violent kind of, like, rah kind of guy. Yeah, but well, oh, wrestlers are violent, yeah. pro wrestlers, Ryan, you know, the ones that play characters, except like, that he's, like, for real. Like The Rock. I've never, I don't, I don't watch wrestling, but that's just, like, a thing they do, right? They have these outrageous characters. Yeah, like Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And The Rock. What's cooking? And, like, that's The Rock's phrase. I don't know. Well, that's in his cooking show. I'm talking about pro wrestling. Oh, sorry, sorry. We're talking, we're not talking about Gordon Ramsay. Like, I would watch Gordon Ramsay as a pro wrestler because if Donald Trump could have done it once so I can't I can just Gordon. imagine I can just imagine him getting like cut or something going it's a fucking raw yeah yeah he punches someone and cuts them and then he like licks it he's like it's fucking raw and like keeps going at them diabetes no him versing um Jamie Oliver in a in a cooking in like a wrestling match fight and he's just calling him fucking weak and Jamie's like alright guys let's get along He's like the pacifist fighter and, and Gordon Ramsay's not having a bar of it. He's like, you know what you need? A stick of fucking butter! And he just like sticks it in his fucking mouth and Jamie Oliver's like, no, please! <laughs> it's my one weakness is butter. It's like, do you remember um, Jamie Oliver, the cook, he went over to America and... Um, he did all the American school kids' um, lunches? Yeah, and he ruined their lunches. But there was this thing where he was like, he is gruel, like literal gruel, and he offered it to a bunch of British kids and they wouldn't eat it, and then he offered it to a bunch of American kids and they're like, yes, please, and they all loved it, 
And it was just like, he was trying to make a social commentary statement about like, yeah, America, they will eat anything. And, and it's just like the biggest joke of them. It's like, just such a pathetic statement I, to I make. I remember in, in year eight, um, for English class, we had to watch some of his stuff and like write about essays. Really? Yeah. For what class again? English. W- why? Uh, there was like, um... What does his contributions to the world of culinary food have to offer to English? I think it was like... Jeez, it's been literally 10 years since... Come on, Bartek! I saw this film 18 years ago, and I remembered it just like it was yesterday. I, I, I can't remember. It was, it was some... It were, I remember is it because like, he is English? And you're like, no, it's English. We're, we're writing essays about him or something. Why? It was... And I remember we watched, like, documentaries of him, like, fixing... I think maybe we were learning about debating or something? I don't know. Does Jamie Oliver... Is he a debater? He just comes in and goes, well, guys, we, I'm going to fix your food. And they go, had, okay, Jamie. I remember we had debates about, like, junk foods in cafeterias and stuff like that, but... I don't know. I just remember from that Jamie Oliver show that kids would meet their parents at the gates going, give me some chips. Yeah. <laughs> Please, give me your chips. Oh, poor, poor Alonzo. But you know what's really good? Look at him here. He gets bitten once, and guess what? Master Pro. Works that situation and and contains it. He also got bitten on the hand that's wrapped on. Yeah, and he had a dog literally torpedo itself into his face when he was turning around. If this was some Arthur Weasley, Hugh Laurie shit from the first one, they would have slipped on a magazine covered in pee, and Arthur Weasley would have run face first into an object that he could have seen two metres away from him. If we gave Alonzo, like... I thought you were going to say hel- if you gagged. And I'm like, what? No, right. If we gave Alonzo, like, a helmet and, like, a bunch of safety pads, he'd be unstoppable. <laughs> if we gave him a suit of armor, he <laughs> would be unstoppable. Well, he'd be a bit slow and wouldn't be as versatile. Okay, as what happens if we but... gave him the suit, uh, a stormtrooper outfit? What if you gave him, That'd like, one good. of those padded sumo suits? Yes! He'd be slow but effective. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my then God. he could be in Tekken. It's the Orient Express. Does does someone get murdered in this movie on there? And Corella has to f- solve the case? I thought that's how Alonzo got his ticket. He murdered someone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, um... And, uh... Yeah, yeah. Uh, Corella becomes Hercule Poirot. You know, it's like in, in Orient Express, he's got his obsession with his moustache and she's just obsessed with her fashion. That'd be great. I would if this film literally turned into murder on the Orient Express for the rest of the movie. I would have loved it. There could be like a midquel. Oh, where it's like during that long train ride, some shit did go down. Yeah, yeah, like on the DVD special features, it shows like. Oh yeah. Also, she solved a murder. By the way, she's not actually as bad as you think she is. Well, she is, but she had to. No, no, but pass she. The time she, she solved. <laughs> she's one of those. You know, that's one of my favorite tropes, where there's someone who's so intelligent, but they're evil, and they could solve problems, but they just don't. Like, like Lex Luthor can cure cancer, but he's too busy trying to kill Superman. It's like. She could literally solve murders and be Sherlock Holmes or Hercule Poirot, but she's too busy trying to get Dalmatian's skin. I love that. It's like one of my favorites is Lex Luthor um, cures cancer only to then destroy the cure. Like, like he he's like, here, I can cure cancer. 
kills cancer in front of like Superman or Supergirl, and then he injects cancer back in and then destroys the vial with the cure to cancer. It's like, why did you do that? And it's like, because I hate you. It's like, I wish this film had that. Just like, but yeah, that's something. Cruella isn't dumb in this movie. Like, she catches our heroes in the act of saving the animals so quickly. Like, like this is a film where she's learnt from her mistakes from the previous film. Because in the previous film, she relied on two idiots. In this film, she's relying on herself. And when they're trying to save the puppies, she hears the door smack open. And she's like, what was that? And, the, and LaPelt's like, oh, it's your underling guy. And then Alonzo comes in and is like, what's up? And she's automatically like, oh my god. They're trying to get the puppies. It's not like she went, oh, whatever. Which, you know, she's learnt. Mm. Hey, when you get your hands run over, do you stick them in ice and the ice melts? Does, when you get your hands run over, do they increase in heat? Well, you know, Ryan, he's had a long day. He's boiling. He's, it's going to happen. He's boiling. He's at his boiling point. Mm-hmm. He's literally boiling. Yeah. That's why he, we don't see him these days. He, he turned into steam. He's, so he's everywhere, technically. We're breathing him now. <laughs> That's a really mean thing to say about his career. He boiled up and turned into steam. Why do you think so many people use the word darling, Ryan? I don't know. It's because of him, because he played darling in Blackadder season four. <gasps> he's flying! Jules, did you see that coming? Did you see Waddlesworth flying as, as a thing in the third act? You no, know, this was... The first time he didn't bird, fly, the second time... I'm sorry, I, I mistake. He's a dog, and dogs can fly. He's a retriever. He's a not retriever. A not a Rockweiler. What are you going to say about it? You Rule can of threes. Say. The first time they tell him to fly, he, he doesn't. Second time, he doesn't. The third time, he does. He does? He, they don't even tell him, he just doesn't. Yeah. That's what we call... Nature. I was going to say storytelling. <laughs> it's called natural storytelling. See, I combined both of our It's elements. real life. Parrots think they're dogs, so they fly eventually. Uh, yeah. You know, there are some animals that actually do have that... Um, they that, think that they're something else. They think they're something else. It's yeah. like, especially animals that are in captivity and they're raised with other animals. Mm. Like, like, you know, there's like that... Ti- you know, there's this one where it's like a tiger... Who got, I think it's a tiger that got raised with like a dog. Mm. And it thinks it's a dog. And it is so cute because they gave it a dog because it was like the runt and it got rejected by its mother. So they gave it to a dog because they could actually get on with each other and like best friends, but it thinks it's a fucking dog. Mm. And they race each other. And of course the tiger wins. Yeah, because tigers are super. But the, the best part, the dog constantly tries to win <laughs> like doesn't give up because it's a dog it doesn't give up it has that relentless stupidity which I love that's what I love about dogs is yeah they can be cool and intelligent but I just love this this unwillingness to let their basic stupidity get in the way <laughs> it's, it's like, something endearing about like them like they turn around and go what's this thing I must chase it I'm like oh that's my tail uh, okay I'm gonna still do it anyway but I like when they realise that you've tricked them like like when you throw the ball but you haven't actually thrown it and then they run after it and then they realise and they come back to you like you fuck but then- and then you do it again and like oh my god you didn't betray me this time <laughs> and then they come back and like you did it again, huh? Why would you ever do that to me? 
I'm your friend. I'm your friend. You own me. Now I'm gonna. I'm now I'm gonna poon you right in the poop hole. <laughs> this film did increase in the slapstick, though. Oh, Jules, this was your favorite scene, wasn't it? The one that they indicate that they're gonna murder poodles in the sequel. Oh yeah, <laughs> reinventing the poodle skirt. That was a great line. I hope that Glenn Close came up with that. She saw these poodles and she's like, oh, I'm going to reinvent the poodle skirt. Have you ever worn a poodle skirt? What do they look like? I can't think of what they are. I just, it's grease, isn't it? Like those big, like, uh, tent-like skirt sort of things. Oh. Like chul and... Did you say it's grease? Yeah. Like the, the, the film? Yeah, okay. style. I thought you meant, they, they, they're they greasy. No. Oh, no. I thought you meant the country. <laughs> it's the country Greece. The film yeah. with John Travolta. Oh, those old-fashioned... Well, we all thought different yeah, things. Yeah, like the um, pink ladies. Oh, like the big poofy skirts. Yeah, they're poodle skirts. Right, oh. don't say poof, it's, you know... Oh, sorry. Poony skirts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> You got pwned. Um... Okay, that's what a poodle skirt is. I'm not into fashion of women. I'm into fashion of men. <laughs> we get pockets, you don't. <laughs> Male privilege at it again. Yeah, fuck you and your pockets. Patriarchy strikes again. We are allowed to have pockets that are deep. And we're allowed to have pockets that are inside of coats. And we're allowed to have pockets. Yeah, um, I'd just like to say also... Men had heels before us women. How did you guys get away with them and we can't? Well, you remember he high heels were for butchers. You know that, right? I thought, thought they were for horse riders. They were high heels for butchers at a point so that they um, could walk around in all the guts and organs and shit and avoid getting blood all over their feet. Isn't that cute? Little butchers in stilettos. And he's like, what do you want? Awful. I'll get you awful. <laughs> clink, 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 clink. <laughs> it's just Dr. Frankenferno in a butcher's <laughs> shop. <laughs> Tim Curry working at a butcher's shop is my new obsession. I would love to watch that film. It's me, Tim Curry, and I'm going to give you a nice sausage. <laughs> ah. I love the fact that we grew up in an era which Tim Curry was an iconic voice of a cartoon character and most people don't recognise it's him as Nigel Thornbury. <laughs> Smashing. <laughs> Smashing. Ah! <laughs> and people make, him a me- make it a meme now, that, like just Tim Curry, I mean Nigel Thornbury. This yeah. is a meme in itself. And I always smile and go, ah, Tim Curry would love, Tim Curry would be loving this. This is exactly something he wished would be a result of his performance. Also, just like Tim Curry, he's the best part of the whole thing. I don't like the Wild Thornberrys that much. Outside of him, he's great. Also, the fact that in Nigel, in, in the Wild Thornberrys, they got Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers to be the voice of Donnie. With all the wild noises and shit. It's like, great! Oh yeah, there was a kid. Yeah, the wild boy. Yeah. They have a whole fucking storyline based on where he came from. Well, it's like, kind of like in Cat Dog when they made a whole fucking storyline about where Cat Dog came from, and it was very underwhelming because you didn't really want to know. I was gonna say like Dave Grohl is um, the drummer Muppet Animal. Yes, that's true. And George Clooney, like we talked about in our previous episode, was the voice of a dog in South Park. Mm-hmm. Just barked. 
And yeah, Conan Bryan, I believe, was also the cat. 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 <laughs> Mr. Kitty. My favorite South Park cameo ever, for some reason, is Robert Smith from The Cure as Robert Smith from The Cure. Like, they need the someone Barbara to destroy Barbara Streisand, and they're like, we need Robert Smith from The Cure, and he's, like, over in LA or somewhere, and they call him, and he stopped doing what he's doing, he walks the entire <laughs> distance, and they're like, oh my god, it's Robert Smith from The Cure, he's like, it is I. <laughs> and he transforms into Mothra. And defeats her, then he just went back to himself. He's like, My job here is done. And he's like, Walks on. Was all. he voiced by the actual guy? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just make a big deal just to have Stan or Kyle say, I love this album. And he's like, Thanks. Because South Park are very transparent in the music, musicians that they love. Hence, Primus does the fucking theme song. Mm hmm. They still, I mean, yeah, they did the original theme song. Obviously, it's been remixed and redone yeah. a million times. I still like the original one. Of course you do, because yeah. Primus has a great sound. You should listen to them. I recommend Winona's Big Brown Beaver. They have a song called Winona's Big Brown Beaver. And um, oddly enough, Winona Ryder sued them because she thought it was about her. But the weirdest thing was, no one in the universe thought it was about Winona Ryder until Winona Ryder took them to court. Also, the song spelt differently to her name. It spelt completely differently. And no one in the universe even translated the idea that it's about Winona Ryder, except yeah, for her. You think she has a monopoly on the name Winona? She really did. That's all that reveals? They also revealed that she's a megalomaniac, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Megalomaniac. Oh, we haven't talked about, really, the character of Van Pelt. Lee Van Pelt. What do we think of him? You know, like, the idea that um, there's two villains, basically, in this film. Like, two proper villains, and and you have the henchman here. I think... I think it's pretty obvious that it's hard to act alongside Glenn Close doing Cruella de Vil. Yes. Because she's... Well, I, I mean, for, first of all, she's been established mm. over one film already into the second. True. Um, she's been throughout this one from scene one. True. And then suddenly we're introduced to this guy who's, yeah, he's boisterous and violent and... French. And mm. I was going to say flamboyant, but not really sort of flamboyant. Boopy. <laughs> um, and yeah, he's got his accent. Um... Feels a bit more like a typical villain, I suppose, but it, this film, it really does focus more on Cruella Deville. Cruella Deville. Cruella Deville. I I don't know. I like the fact that he didn't try to mimic her performance because it could have been so oh, yeah. easy he's to have him be like, Umar! He's definitely distinct in this film. He's a real masculine force. Like his character feels like a very swift punch to the gut. Well, hers is like, I'm scraping my nails on the chalkboard and laughing. <laughs> he's like, I will fucking kill you. Yeah. He's... She's more, I will kill you and I will laugh about it. She's <laughs> more maniacal about it. Yeah, that's why we love Cruella Deville. Um, I don't know if I asked this last episode, but do we have a favorite Disney villain? Because Cruella is an iconic villain in both style look and character but out of all the villains that they've had is there one that leaps out to you as yes that's a great villain uh, are we distinguishing villain from character or what well, what do you mean your character attributes itself to the villain 
I guess, because some of the villains are great because of their character. Scar's great because of just how Jeremy Irons he is. But weren't you saying last episode that, like, Hades was a great character but not that much of a villain or something? No, no, no. The film sucks. Hercules, I don't like the film, but Hades is the best part. Like, and his villainous plan actually is alright. But it works also because of his characterization. Because originally he was going to be, like, um, Jafar. He was very Jafar, like, Shakespearean villainy type. But then James Woods came in and just went, Yo, what's up? It's me, Hades. Lily Underworld. Whoa. Like, I like the fact that he's hot-headed. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally hot-headed. Uh, it's hard to... I think you include the character because also with a lot of them, the actors bring the character to it. Like, James Woods would made Hades. Yeah. He's... He, you know, there's nothing to... Like, if it wasn't for him, and same with Jeremy Irons and... And, you know, and, and, you know, all of them. My personal favourite's still got to be Frollo. Yeah, I know. Just because he's so adult in a villain way. And also he has a banging song. Yeah. Also, he... Tony J is a good voice actor. He's That's a great nice. voice actor. And um, he's designed well. I love the visual aesthetic of him because Disney has a real flair, if you haven't noticed, with their villains, you know, male or female of making them very angular and feminine. You know, Scarves very feminine, you know, with the way he slinks around and his claws are very done and all that. But um, Frollo, you know, I mean, he's in his gown and shit, but just looking at him, he's such a masculine force. Like, you know, you just, you feel him. You're just like, Ugh. Like, there's scenes where he's, like, squishing cockroaches with his fingers and he's, like, Ugh. he's doing so daintily, but it's gross. What about you guys? Come on. Give me an answer. You can you you can say the big mean alien guy from Lilo and Stitch if you want. <laughs> I honestly just haven't really thought much about it. I, I guess James Woods as Hades. Cause, Hades is pretty yeah. good. I'm not the biggest Disney guy, that's the thing. Oh, you saw Moana. Yeah, I did. Didn't you like Big Lava Monster? To be honest, I don't really remember. <laughs> There's Big Lava Monster at the end. Yeah, I, I really don't remember. That became, like, the goddess or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah. Uh, Jules, come on. It's between Ursula and Hades. Ursula and Hades. Good choice, Ursula. Ursula doesn't get enough of a shout-out. Yeah. She has a banging song, too. She does. She's based on a drag queen. Divine. Divine. Yes, mm. Divine. Who eats dog poo-poo. Yes, in um, John Waters' classic uh, film. Uh, oh, what's it called? Uh, poop Stepping... No, uh, <laughs> stepping on Poop Poo? Is that what you're going to say? It had some weird name, didn't it? Yeah, I'm going to kill myself. Fl- Pink Flamingos. That's it, Pink Flamingos. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, Frollo, I'd, uh, I'd Scar for me. Uh, Scar just has a... I don't know, I just love the irony that Scar actually gets everything he sets out to and then pisses it away in the wind. Yeah. Like, he's a fucking terrible king because he's lazy as all hell. Like, once he gets what he wants, he just makes Rowan Atkinson sing to him. That's all he does. He lets everything die, the crops and the hyenas get pissed off because he doesn't feed them. I just love that. Like, I love that little thing because it could have been so easy to have him be, like, he gets what he wants and everything's run evil. Except, no, it's not. He's just run into the ground because he doesn't actually care. It's all, like, title. That's all he wants. Wasn't Captain Hook also a pretty decent villain? Yeah. Yeah, but it's hard because Captain Hook's hard because Dustin Hoffman portrays him in the live-action version of Hook and he's just so much better than the cartoon version. 
But yeah, I mean, you know, you got the other classics like uh, you know, you gotta love Maleficent. You've also gotta love Cruella. I also liked, yeah, yeah, I liked um, what's his name, Keith David and Princess and the Frog. He was the best part of Princess and the Frog. Princess and the Frog is a bit of a messy film, but he's so fucking good in it. I know barely anything about it. Really? Uh, well, I haven't seen it, so you know. Uh, bummer, man. Major bummer. You're a bummer. Disney's first black princess. You're just dodging it. How could you? Well, you know, I'm not the big fan of blacks. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jules mild whore. <laughs> like like she didn't want to get too offended about it, but like oh, enough. Jules, are you black? I'm sorry. <laughs> She's like, I agree, but I have to pretend that I'm worried <laughs> about it. Like <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. We're not racists here, except for Bartek, who tr- shows his true colours. Look, I mean, what's so good about them, you know? Fuck. <laughs> I don't know where you're gonna go with this. Bartek! Yeah? It's time for persecution of yourself. Go! Me specifically or Polish? Well, you, you've already started rolling the ball on persecuting yourself here. I'm, I'm, am I meant to, like, sh- say shame on me or something? Yeah, sure, why not? Be- Bartek, stop it! Don't do that! Okay, I won't. Blacks are actually pretty cool. Thanks. I can't wait for the feedback we're going to get from everyone. <laughs> That's the thing, Ryan. No one gives us feedback. Yes, they do. There's someone who was like, almost this is almost as good as Bangers and Mash. She gets literally turned into a cake here, and I really love the fact that at first you think, oh, those are candles. How do they get them on there? But then you realize, no, it's her... It's her flaming headpiece. Her headpiece. And it looks like a demon spawning out of it. Now... I love that her makeup's still pretty good. It's still pretty good, considering that she got dipped in liquids and, and baked. Yeah. Well, Ryan, some makeup are liquid. Jules, you wear makeup. Yes, as how, a makeup user, what question would you like to ask? How good is it? Now, um, how good is it against being in cake batter? Oh, it's highly debatable, but considering if you're getting baked, you're probably sweating a lot, so it's probably going to come off. Are you sure? Yes. So the fact that it stayed on like that, I'm impressed. Like, I want to know what, is what she, she's using. Is she the Joker? Maybe it's like, ble- like that's her chemical skin. Could it be that in the production of the film, they didn't actually bake her? Ooh, fuck, what? She's a method actress. You know what? Could it be? It's because it's <sighs> tested on animals and not many people want to use products that are tested on animals. Only anymore. Glenn Close. Oh, and they're dropping... Why is... Like, why? And then automatically it falls off. So it's like, well, there you go. Yeah, look at it falling off. I like the idea that the fact that none of these people heard any of that commotion going on behind there in their cake shop. Look, it fell off, right? But it did fall off earlier. You saw that, right? Well, no, they just now fell off. Can't you see? Uh, yes, I see. I like the fact that the cake only smushed. It didn't break. It's just smushed. Which is nice. You know, it could have been so easy for them to be like, and the cake smashes in half. But no, they just smush. And look, she's already determined that she's already got a new plan. I, I want to know what her new plan was. We never got to find out, you know, which is disappointing. She was just happy she could make like a relevant pun. Kind what of do thing. you think her plan would have been? Her name is Cruella. That's what I think. Good job. Thank you. I was going to ask, what do you I mean, think? Have I redeemed myself from not caring about Princess and the Frog? No. <laughs> I saw Black Panther. 
Well, that's that redeemed nothing. I have a, I knew a black guy in school. Is that also a good defense? Did you? Yeah. What was his name? Daniel Chuckwan. <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm friends with him on Facebook. What did he chuck? <laughs> it's his last name. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> do you. Do you get what I'm getting at? I just love those names. Daniel Chuckwan. Chuckwan what? It's his last name. Oh, I, I get you're saying, what does he chuck? What does he chuck one of? But it's his last name. I don't know what to tell you. He chuck one of his last name? Just one of it? I don't know. It's oh. like when Justin Bieber was in freaking New Zealand. They're like, oh, is your, are you German for basketball? And he had no idea what that meant. I don't know what that means. People giving him shit for not knowing what that means. Is he German for basketball? Apparently the word Bieber means basketball in German and he was confused by it. Like, oh, Justin Bieber doesn't know what German is. I was going to say, in, technically in German it would be pronounced Biber. It would be pronounced Hitler! Yeah, but people were <laughs> giving him shit for it because they thought that he didn't know what German was. Mm, you know what I'm giving this sh- film shit for? Continuity errors, guys. Here we go. First film, they made a big deal that puppies don't get their spots instantly. Mm. They get them weeks later. In this film, all the other puppies had their spots instantly when they were born. I guess that's why he's an oddball. Continue. No, he's actually yeah, he's the he's the oddball because he's actually the normal one. Because all the other puppies, when they were born, instantly had their spots. But the first film illustrated that they don't get their spots instantly. Because Cruella de Vil in the first film was disappointed to see the puppies didn't have spots. And then the woman's like, no, they usually get them a a couple of weeks after they're born. But Oddball does get hers a couple of weeks after she's born. So actually Oddball isn't the odd one. Oddball's the normal one. Actually, Oddball's the only normal one. Yeah, all the others are the Oddball's out. <laughs> of a whole species of dog. Brilliant. Because they got theirs too quickly, you're saying? Yeah, they, yeah. they were born with them. Hmm. They're, not, they're not supposed to, according to the previous film. I like that they put this message here. Good job, guys. Yeah, my, my copy cut off after this message was started scrolling. Uh, I like the fact so that the credits ended and it automatically went with Eric Idle as Waddlesworth. Like, like just that and nothing else. Like, it just cut to normal things. Like, oh, okay. Interesting. Wait, what are you saying? Just when the film ended and it faded to black, the first piece of credits that came up was Eric Idle as Waddlesworth. Really? And I, then it went... Then it went instantly back to... Um, to the message. Yeah, to the message. You know, um, yeah, it was just like one of these things where it's like, you know, like, why did they do that? Like, you know, like, it's one of these things where you ask yourself, is Eric Idle a big enough name to have his just his own credit? I just realised something. She goes to get, like, the, you know, whatever is on Oddball, the paint or whatever. Yeah, paint. And then... As it's on her finger, she wipes another thing on Oddball. Like, wow. she wipes her finger with paint. Yeah. Again on Oddball. Where's like, she supposed to wipe it? Well, there's a white canvas in her arms, so I guess there. Yeah. You know, paint. Spots. Get it? You know, that Bartek, if you had to, um, you know, recommend this film to someone who had never um, seen it before... How would you describe it? Really? Have they seen the first one? Yeah. I would say that this is a film 
where they try to do something new with the idea of 101 Dalmatians. They try to play on this idea that Cruella has learnt her lesson, um, but also she uses what she's learnt to try to devise a new plan. Hmm. And I think that this film is showing us that there is a great intelligence to someone who's so obsessed with one thing which in the long run of life really doesn't matter that much except to them and other people in the industry Hmm. and that you know cigarettes are bad (laughs) (laughs) and do your music now (laughs) bond james bond um all right the film has, you know, the film's been ended for a little bit now. Um, it's time for us to get out to our reviews and rating of our choice. I'll um, give it to Jules first, because Jules, uh, I know you're frothing at the mouth to really tell everyone your review and rating of your choice. Well, first of all, if you really like watching dogs, you should hop onto this film, because there's not only... Not the video game Watch Dogs? No. <laughs> Does that film have dogs? It's a game. Oh, sorry. Does that game have dogs? I don't know about the first one, but in the second one, you can pet dogs and you get an achievement for petting ten different dogs. Do you get an achievement for watching them? No, unfortunately. Lame. Go on, Jules. Well, not only there are 101 dogs, but there are 102 dogs. Hmm. And if that isn't a bonus, I don't know what is. It's literally one one up. Yeah, it one ups the previous film. And um, if you want to see that people can change, but maybe just not in the way you thought they would, then this is this is another good one. So, um, in that case, I would rate this film a hundred and two spots out of a hundred and one. Wow. Oh, it's quite a lot. It's oh, count. it's very hard to count. Um, Bartek, what about you? Let's hear from you. I really like this film. I think that this film can teach us all a lesson about how we are perceived by others. It is a film where a character has had experiences in the past, experiences at which you can view in the 1996 film 101 Dalmatians. Um, in fact, there are, there are three characters come back so you can triple one of them's a dog one of them is a dog indeed named dipstick who (laughs) has grown in the most physical sense i would think um yeah it is a film which explores the idea of second chances It, it is a film that has a message about them but also gives you this warning of hey, this isn't set in stone. It's like how, um, I remember when I was in year 11 doing religious education. On Jamie Oliver? On... <laughs> no, right, that was year eight. That's baby stuff. This is big boy stuff. No, you were doing, you were doing Gordon Ramsay for religious studies, aren't you? We were, we're, talking, we're talking about how, you know, there's that commandment, thou shalt not lie. But oh, I hate then, that one. But then there was this whole thing in one of our classes where it's like, you know what? Sometimes lying is necessary and can be used for good. And then we watched Liar Liar and it was... Oh, really? Yeah, we watched Liar Liar. Good film. Um, And it it just... It 
teaches you that yes you should be merciful you should be able to trust people give them second chances but also have your wits about you be smart like Bartek get smart no be smart I just want to mention the TV show Get Smart. Good show, check it out. It is quite relevant to this review because no. If I have to give this film a rating, I have to give it 101 bicycles in 101 ponds. Because you know what? It's really just as good as the first. Because <laughs> that's your rating from the previous episode. I mean, I've already said in this episode that it's just as good as the first, so... Would would it not be disingenuous of me to give it a different rating? You know, you're right. I don't want disingenuous Bartek. I want real Bartek. Thanks, real Bartek. Real Bartek is cool with black people, just so you all know. <laughs> I'm trying to dick myself out of this hole, guys. All right. Oh, I don't care. Uh, I'm just being, bury me in I it. I just want to be honest, all right? All right. What now, colors the hole that you're in? Uh, depends on what the sun's doing at the time. <laughs> That's a good answer. <laughs> All right. Time for me. This film's great. I loved this film. The film you has... give a rating? Uh, out of... <laughs> that's it. Bartek, YouTube? No. Uh, this film was very good. I liked the way it built upon the universe from the first film. You know, the first film had a very tough job ahead of it, which was to be a live-action adaptation of a animated Disney film, which, back in 1996, was a very interesting challenge to do. To us, now, in the year of 2018, that's old cake, you know? That's like, mm, I've tasted this before. Like, you know, we have a plethora of these. We have the Cinderella, the Jungle Book, Maleficent, you know, dealing with a slightly different uh, perspective on... The, the Sleeping Beauty story and all that kind of stuff. We've got a whole variant of these. You know, we've had many different styles of, of these. And, and the thing that I really appreciate about the 101 Dalmatian films is not only were they, like, the trendsetters for this, but they didn't do just a straight adaptation of the original films, but they didn't do this new style with, like, Cinderella, where they're adding, like, a, a, a bigger, grittier depth or something. These films are taking the general premise and kind of working them into the modern age uh, and doing quirky stuff with them. So Cruella de Vil is way more over the top. It's fun seeing her in all these crazy outfits. But then you have to have the second film. How can you build upon something that was building upon something else? And it does a really great job with that. You know, you get Cruella de Vil having to realize who she is and working with that skill of you know, of being able to be goal-driven and having to actually think about how you're going to do it this time around. She doesn't just do the same mistakes as she did in the first film. Yes, you could say, you know, she makes the same mistake by going after the dogs, but yes, that's obvious, but she doesn't hire a bunch of idiots. The people that betray her at the end of the film are actual real betrayals. You see, when you watch the first film, it's not really shocking that Hugh Laurie and Arthur Weasley fuck up. Because they are fuck-ups. But when you see that Alonzo betrays her, you know, it is a bit of a shock. It is a bit of a twist. Because he's a character you meet for a split second in the first film. But you know what he's about. You know, like He loves her. That's what I get out of it. He loves her. 
he'll do anything for her. Hence, he's the only one in this film we meet again from her world because he's the only one that's stuck with her because he loves her. But at the end of the film, he learns that he can't be loved back. He needs to do the right thing. He can't throw away his true self for someone else. And he does the right thing. Yeah, he does the right thing. And I loved that. I love the fact that it has, uh, you know, the idea of, um, you know, the outsider with, uh, with Oddball. And then at the end, Oddball gets her spots and she's no longer the outsider. It goes with the whole thematic issues. Our main two characters, you know, you know, they have to deal with what it's like in a blossoming relationship and fighting Cruella DeVille. On the first one, it was a relationship that was already firmly established with a marriage and everything and a kid on the way. But this is how can you establish a newfound relationship whilst also having to battle Cruella DeVille? I think that's a very interesting approach to it because I think that was one of the minor complaints I had in the first film was... It felt like uh, I would have liked it if they were getting to know each other while doing this experience or if they were already married when we met them. We didn't need them to meet each other and get married and felt like a bit too much of a cram fest in there. But this film skips that. If I have to give this film a rating, which of course I do, I would give it a Gerard Depardieu out of a Gerard definitely did do well in this film. Good job, everyone else involved as well. Yeah, but Depardieu. If he changed his name to Gerard Yabadabadu, <laughs> I would clap hard. Bartek has found some comments from YouTube. Who told you? YouTube. I got the notification on a comment that I made five years ago on a video called Tight Pants by Leslie Hall when I made a sarcastic comment that was clearly sarcastic and people kept responding to it. All these years later, someone messaged me on that and said... Bartek looked at the uh, 102 Dalmatians YouTube video and got comments from it that he's going to read to us. And he's majorly hyped them for Ryan before we did the recording. Bartek, where did you find these comments? Because they didn't tell me, you just said a video. Uh, I don't know. I found these comments from a number of 101 Dalmatian related videos. 101 or 102? Uh, you got me there. 102 Dalmatian <laughs> videos. I got them, guys. Yep. And my job's done. Play the classical music that we use at the end. Mm-hmm. You've denied the audience comments because you've defeated me. Yep. <laughs> And my job's done. You know, if they don't like the comment section, then, you know... I did them a service. (laughs) Give us a service, priest. initial comment number one is... One. Not two. You know, the first word of this comment actually is the word one. I I do. (laughs) One of my childhood favourites, 101 and 102... Sorry, I'll say it properly. 101 and 102 Dalmatians was my... Two two movies when I had nothing to watch as a child, and the response is, yeah, me too. I at least watch all the dog film two or three times. I love dogs. Jules, I know that was you. Love G's and exclamation marks. Jules loved the G. Speaking of love, I loved Alonzo. He is very adorable. It was very cute when Corella Deville changed and Alonzo was screaming. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was weird one. Next comment. I actually kind of liked this movie, mostly because it seemed to have a tongue in its cheek. 
the leads had a good chemistry in brackets. Nice to know that they're, that they're married IRL. And Glenn Close just cracks me up as Cruella. Oh, that's right. The main two yeah, like got seven, married in real years, life seven years later. Yeah, oh, yeah Mr. Cute. Fantastic married woman. Hmm. Of <laughs> lesser relevance? Or? Alice Evans. I have the music CD for 102 Dalmatians, and the song Cruella scared me big time. Not the one where Selena Gomez sings the Cruella in the movie. Wait, what? I have no idea. Wait. Wait, 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 wait. Are they saying the, the, the Cruella song in this movie? That was Selena Gomez singing it? I have no idea. I remember idea. her doing a version of it, but I... I can't... I look. We've had Selena Gomez appear on this show before, and a few things. I don't think so. Has she? Uh, Selena Gomez? Yeah. No, I'm thinking of Vanessa Hudgens. I was yeah, just about to say. Sorry, Selena. I confuse you with Vanessa. An easy mistake. The next comment is: She looks like a woman who would sexually abduct dogs. Just a thought. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a thought. <laughs> just a thought. Just one. Next comment. When this came out on VHS, I literally watched it continuously two feet away from the TV for a solid week. And now I'm blind. <laughs> the next comment has responses. I love when uh, they respond. Unless they just see spots. Oh, that's all. They, see. they literally see static now. <laughs> Domino, Little Dipper, Oddball, Dotty, Dipstick. That's the names of all the Dalmatians in the movie. All adorable. Oh. And the first response is, yes, that's all 102 names, and then, like, a like disapproving little emote uh, face. They said it appeared in the movie, you ass. And then the res- the original commenter responded, they're... Wrong there, but... They're the first batch of puppies, actually, smiley face, <laughs> before the others come along. Have you seen the movie? And the responder says... They taught says, you a lesson. And the responder says... Yeah, I've seen the films. I was just responding to your comment that made it seem like you were saying that's all the dogs in the film. There were barely any Dalmatians in this Dalmatian film in comparison to, in comparison to the first one. But the first one ends literally with like hundreds of dogs running around. Ryan, this movie sucks dicks is the next comment. How could you? How could you say that? But don't worry, the next comment will cheer you up, Ryan. Oh, good. I like being cheered. It's this one right here, which is... Dong. 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 No. No. Dong. No. Dong. No. Dong. No. Dong. No. Dong. Ah! Dong. 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 That's it. Now I want to murder puppies. So bad after hearing that comment. The next comment, I think this one was from the Pol- uh, scene that was I found in Polish. Did that help you? Watching a scene in Polish? You're like, ah, oh, this feels like home. No. The comment is... <laughs> no. The comment is... Spaghetti has been one of my favourite foods ever since I was a kid. And my mom makes re- some really good spaghetti. And the response to that one is... Ah, that's good. Rather preparing it at home than better than eating out. That was an interaction they had. <laughs> and the 
This isn't the last comment and response. Wait, was someone talking about their mom's spaghetti? Yes, yes it's Eminem. <laughs> Eminem had to share this on the media of YouTube. So this initial comment was, I, I remember this, this comment was from four years ago. Aww. And it's quoting, it's it's attributing things to characters. So Cruella DeVille, colon, I think I deserve to give a second chance too, don't you? Yeah. And then dipstick colon and in brackets changes the channel. Oh. It's like dipstick's dismissive of her. And then there's a response from I think like three months ago. Oh good. Which is From someone else. Yes. Okay. Which is Sega colon and then in brackets before Sonic Forces came out. We think Sonic deserves a second chance too, don't you? And then me colon goes back to playing Sonic Mania. We get it. You <laughs> like Sonic? You have to put this in someone's. Po- that poor person wrote that four years ago and then they're given this fucking bullshit. So, Ryan, what did I message you like an hour and a half before I came here to do the episode? You messaged me the scene that was in Polish. Yeah, but then I said something else. Did you not see that comment? Yes. You, you gave me some. You gave me a, a very um, ambiguously hyped message about yeah. like you didn't know how this was going to go down. I found something really weird. Oh, it's his, it's, 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 it's dog dick pics. It's, yeah, how weird is weird? It's a bunch of comments from a user called Augusta Long, who <laughs> made a bunch of comments throughout all the various different 101 <laughs> Dalmatian videos. Oh. And I've compiled all of them that I could find from the 101 Dalmatian comment videos because they're all incredibly short. <laughs> In no particular order they are She lost it She became obsessed Cruella is sinful Crazy Cruella, colon Cute puppies, colon So nice, colon It's Christmas for the puppies, colon I love you puppies, colon Sweetie pie, colon Go puppy Go puppy (laughs) Or the dog, colon Bow wow Go doggy, colon. Crazy cruelty attacks, colon. They are both in love, colon. Lady and the Tramp, colon. Spaghetti for two, colon. Cute puppies, colon. This feels like a footnotes of our entire episode. (laughs) Sweet sweet puppies fell down by accident, colon. What? A monstrous woman, full stop. Oh, that one gets that. That one gets that fucking end. Everybody is afraid of Cruella, Colin. Good doggies, Colin. Cruel Cruella. Dipstick and Oddball is really scared of Cruella, Colin. Cruelly is nutty, Colin. She's nutty. Oh, what a cutie, Colin. Sweetie pies, Colin. Fluffy is a cutie pie, colon. Oh, they are. Beware of Cruella Devil, full stop. Doggy is so wonderful, colon. Cruel, witchy, devilish, monstrous woman, colon. Wow, they love colons. Birdies behaves like doggy, colon. Twirling around, colon. Wild dogs. Dance. Yeah, colon. Well, I'm glad that they got to share this. You know, you know what the feel. If you if you find them and read them all in a certain order, it's like just one comment. <laughs> like, well, like, yeah, but Ryan, 
there's a bit more that I have to tell you. About oh, this. did you did you oh, find no. that out? I, I just stated. <laughs> Is I what went. Happens? I went because I was just looking through 101 Dalmatian videos randomly yeah. and looking for them, and I found a lot. But then I thought, what if I go to Google, write Augusta Long in you know quotes, and then YouTube, and then I discovered <laughs> something weird. Oh, no, oh, no, no, it's going to be a murder cult. And no, no, I, there's like no conclusion, but <laughs> I discovered that's warm. And I, I even wrote like a little paragraph here just so I can say it. At this point, I found a Land Before Time tribute video titled "Haunted," where a different account called Augusta Long, an account called Augusta Eber, and a Kelly Brown made similar types of comments, but for that video. Oh. And then I also found a video called The Incredible Bongo Band, Apache, where yet another Augusta Long, and as well as a Victory Eliana Brown, was making also the same kinds of comments about that video. Oh, wow. And there were loads and loads more, but I had to stop myself because I needed to come do this very episode. Oh my god. So there's... Uh, wait a moment. Are we becoming a, a fucking investigative journalist podcast? Did pro- you discover podcast? a cult? Did we discover know. some kind of internet underground society? As I was telling... Oh my, my god. I was telling my best friends about this, uh, you know, because I had to leave. I didn't get the response from them. But I was wondering, like... What do you think? What if this is, like, some sort of... AI project where, like, artificial intelligence are trying to comment on things they see. Yeah, Google's testing it out. Yeah, like, it kind of reminded me of, like, Short Circuit, where, like, number five is looking for input and is trying to become alive. Like, these these are AIs that want to be alive and they're trying to like, give opinionated things about things that they look at. Like, what what is this Augusta Long... Brown last name thing going on. Oh my god, wouldn't it be scary if this is actually Skynet warming up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, let's comment on 102 Dalmatians. What? Terminator. Cute so cute. Bow wow. Cruelly mean. Yeah. Well, thank you, Bartek, and finding an underground society that we are scared that will find us now. Um, please don't hurt me. Please, whatever. Analyze all your comments. Whatever guys. creature is behind that keyboard typing these things. Augusta Long and the Browns. Please, it sounds like a weird movie. <laughs> Augusta Long and the Browns. It's like a mar- movie with Mike Epps. Oh, what if tomorrow the trailer comes out like shit? They worked out our marketing campaign. We've been working on this for years. I I can't remember when the comments were uploaded. Oh, you have to find that out yeah. next. Well, you guys have been fantastic, amazing, wonderful, superfluously stupendous listening people. Jules, as always, bringing the charm, charisma that you can only bring. Oh, thank you. I know. And a pretty good voice too. Yeah, you know, all right. Just all right. I'll settle for that. At least it's not crap. You are better than Princess and the Frog. Wow. <laughs> that's that's saying a lot. Because, At least I've seen her. Well, you know, the thing about it is lots of people don't like Princess and the Frog outside oh, of yeah? the villain. Yeah, it's like, okay. it's okay. Okay, it's one of these movies where it's like, okay, Disney's first black princess and the, the black prince. And and they both get turned into fucking cartoon frogs in the first five minutes. Oh, okay. And it doesn't matter that they're black, really. I mean, yes, and New Orleans and and, and Oprah's her mum, and um, because <laughs> why wouldn't Oprah be? And and it's just like, oh, 
they bump into cartoon animals that are all racial caricatures. Like they bump into this fucking annoying um um dragonfly who just feels like a me mammy type of uh, okay. racial character type. Everyone hates that fucking character. But then you have the villain who's voiced by Keith David and he's just so good. I like Keith David. You just watch it for him. Like, like everything with him is fantastic. And yeah, a lot of people don't like the Princess Frog. A lot of people do because it was like, oh, their last proper, you know, Disney animated before they went to the 3D style mm. that we see today, where it's like you can't tell it apart from a Pixar movie. Yeah. You know, like Moana just looks like a Pixar movie. It's like, yeah, it's fine. Like, um, and it started with like Rapunzel and, um, Frozen. Frozen. And Brave. Brave. No, Brave's, Brave's Pixar. Pixar. Brave's Pixar? Yeah. yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, see? It's all blending together too much. Uh, and Cars is also Pixar. I know that. <laughs> Gotta remind everyone. Well, you guys, now you've learned about Princess and the Frog, go watch that too. <laughs> um, why not? Uh, look forward to when it's on the show and we say it's the greatest film ever. I, w- I would be surprised. It would be weird if we had to choose like a proper animated Disney film of their catalogue and what one well, it would well, be. There's a Disney princess, yeah. Yeah. It would be weird what one we would have to pick if we did one. I don't also, know. So would it be under like the official Disney ruling of what counts as a princess? Yeah. I don't know. Well, you guys... Remember to not know things as well, it's okay. But remember, most of all, to be kind to each other. Don't be like Corella and murder puppies. Mm-hmm. And just remember that smoking is bad. Smoking is very, very oh, bad. Dude, do you know how bad smoking is for you? Oh. I heard from a little birdie that it can do stuff to your lungs. What? Bad stuff. <laughs> the lungs go up and then you die. And now you give us your music at the end. <laughs> Alright. Um. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da